Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roll Up, the official Filsinger Games podcast. I am your host, Sam Fain, joined, of course, by Todd Dershel and Mike Molesky, and, of course, our special guest this week, Rob Bobian. Todd, how are you? Doing great. Uh, glad to be back here on Roll Up. Excellent. Mike, how are you? I am fantastic this evening, Sam. Always a pleasure to be with you. I love it. And Rob, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to uh, talk to you here later. Uh, but first, let's get to our opening bell. Now, we have had a couple of teasers this week already. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us about that first one that got shared on Monday, April 19th? Well, I, th- I think uh, at this point, hopefully everybody's seen it. Uh, but uh, we've had a little bit of a tragedy in the CWF, a, uh, uh, a unforced uh, collapse of Adam Trader. And, uh, you know, he's off uh, with uh, in somewhere in the central medical system. So we're not sure, quite sure what happened to him or why he collapsed. But uh, certainly cause for concern if you're uh, on the future shock side. Now, being that he is an outsider and technically from another dimension, I'm just curious, how does the healthcare system cover him there on Centra? Yeah, it, 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 fortunately, he's covered under the CWF corporate policy. Oh, that, that makes that, sense. That, that's, that's, <laughs> as a member of the roster, he's an employee, you know, uh, at will and all, but still he's uh, he's covered. Uh, so Magnus Colby's not going to have dig, to dig too deep in his I don't, pocket. I don't think so. I think, I think this one's covered. I mean, the, the, the copay is not too bad on Centra, so it's, it's the CWF has a pretty good package for the wrestlers. I like it. Way to go. Way to go, CWF. Uh, of course, that wasn't the only news that we had this week. We also had uh, an indie teaser that dropped on Wednesday the 21st. Todd, why don't you tell us about that one? Yeah, so uh, following up on the IWTV set that we did in Q1, we actually have the current uh, independent wrestling champion, Lee Moriarty, is joining the uh, best of uh, the Indies 2021. Uh, I I know uh, you enjoyed a number of his matches over the course of the uh, Showcase of the Independence, and uh, I know he's made a number of uh, appearances on the uh, GCW shows as well. Um, I believe made it to the finals of the uh, Acid Cup as well. Had a really, really busy weekend and some really cool matches there. But uh, a guy who's really uh, grown in the last, uh, I'd say, year and a half or so, really has made a big name for himself and uh, glad to have him in this set. Yeah, absolutely. He had a fantastic match with Daniel Garcia this past Friday uh, for Limitless Wrestling, um, and that's available on IWTV. Uh, certainly recommend that match. Uh, the show itself was, was was good, but that match in particular was just fantastic. Uh, there was also a great J.D. Drake match on there as well, uh, who looks like he'll be the next challenger for Daniel Garcia's Limitless uh, Heavyweight Championship, which will be uh, a cool match. But uh, yeah, Lee Moriarty is fantastic. Uh, his his WrestleMania week was great. Uh, kind of kicked things off with a match with Edith Surreal. And then, like you said, made it to the finals of the Acid Cup. Also, I believe, had a match with AJ Gray. Yeah. Um, a couple of other uh, uh, great appearances. So what a fantastic addition to the game and certainly helps to further you know represent that IWTV brand with the uh, IWTV Championship uh, currently. Uh, currently his so um, I'm certainly looking forward to using him I've kind of been uh, rolling out quite a few indie cards recently and I'll definitely bring him in uh, when that card drops so I'm looking forward to it 
Yeah, we definitely have a good uh, mix of guys in this set. So, yeah, already has some MLW representation, um, some IWTV representation, and a couple other different promotions uh, uh, that will be uh, represented throughout uh, the set as well. So uh, it should be really exciting. Uh, some good uh, good names to come out in the set for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm totally looking forward to it. Calvin Tankman, of course, was you know, being the first name that was announced as a great, great addition to the to the set, and somebody who you know I knew a little bit about beforehand, and I'd seen him you know last week uh, on IWTV uh, and and heard about his accomplishments in MLW, which I frankly I just haven't had the chance to follow much. Um, but uh, after reading up on him and, and watching a couple more of his matches, I'm definitely excited to have him in the set as well. So it's going to be a good time. And then, of course, we'll get our Legends trailer, our trailer, <laughs> our. Legends teaser uh, this coming Friday, uh, which should be exciting. I look forward to hearing what everybody has to say over on the message boards. But enough of that. Uh, you know, we've got a jam-packed episode, so we're just going to uh, leap right into our behind the curtain segment. We are joined, of course, by Rob Bobby, and we're going to talk some FTR. Rob, thank you again so much for joining us. We are here to talk about FTR. We're going to go in depth on some characters. Um, I don't want to be the only one talking and asking you things. So I'm going to shoot this over to Mike. Mike, why don't you kick us off and uh, talk to Rob a little bit about the genesis of FTR and, and what we're going to be talking about tonight. You know, Sam, it's interesting because Rob and I talk all the time on the phone and we're kicking ideas back and forth. And we were trying to really come up with you know, some things to do this quarter, uh, for promoter prime. And I mean, well, Rob, I mean, you could talk about, I think better how you sort of came up with it, but I mean, I think we, you, you wanted to sort of move a story along here and not just sort of do cards and, and, and characters, but move a story. All right. The, <laughs> I got the FTR suspects idea. You guys remember when Marty Gennetti came out and said that he killed a guy this is like a few months. Yes. Ago. That long ago. This is like six months, like a year ago or whatever. Yeah. I text Tom. I text Tom. I go, dude, wouldn't this be an amazing character? A, a, tra- a, a, a serial killer who, who uh, travels the galaxy as a wrestler. And he's like, blew me off. So then I text Mike. <laughs> Mike's like, that's really interesting. And that's, that is the <laughs> origins of FTR suspects. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. Tom blew you off and I listened. So I guess that's how no, we got him. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's how we got him in FTR is instead of the GWF. <laughs> that, well, that's how I know Tom's not working anything similar. I'll say, Hey, is, what do you, you know, this is an idea and he blows me off. That's how I know he's not. Cause if he's, if it's something he's working on, he'll say, Hey, uh, you know, that's pretty interesting, but like uh, maybe you should work on something else. So then that's how you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's been great. Um, the cool thing about FTR is, you know, it's, we get we got some fan cards in there, and uh, you know, I got a lot of characters in there. Tom did his; he brought his to the GWF. But it is basically a fan fed, and we're going to get back to that next year through uh, Promoter Prime. Yeah, that's really cool. And and obviously that was something that was discussed even at the Road to Galacticon and was one of the prizes for uh, the winner of the, the FTR tournament, which is super cool. Um, so let's go back to that very first set um, with the original eight cards. And as you mentioned, you know, a few of those cards found their way into the GWF and, and you know, might have been Tom Creations. But uh, 
you know, let's let's just start off, you know, right off the top with Blue Chip, um, who, of course, the the entire mystery and suspects is kind of you know centered around anyway. So I feel like he's a great starting point. Um, talk to us a little bit about the character and and, and about uh, you know his importance, sort of in the early days of FTR, since you know obviously we know that he's got quite a role to play here going forward, even if it's technically off screen. Yeah, that character really took off. He was popular. Um, he won a, a message board rumble, which is incredible for an FTR character to win that. Uh, he, I wanted to do a, a Cetus guy. I wanted to do a guy who was at, like the, his drawing. If you remember, he's he's on the floor tying his shoes. Yeah, that was very symbolic. It was the very because what the whole point of that is it's the absolute very beginning of this guy's story. He hasn't even tied his shoes yet. And now you kind of and it's and and if you if you've read Kronos, it's not technically the same guy. The you know Johnny Rocket did this whole thing where he went to another place and found this prime version. So this blue chip guy, the, the one we're talking about, all of a sudden he's missing. So the whole Fed is revolved around this, and, and that's obviously a huge story. Um, I was actually going to give him an update, and and then I decided he would be the one who would uh, go missing because uh, I, I wasn't sure who it was going to be. But I, le- I really enjoyed that character. I thought he had a lot of potential. Um, we did the quote-unquote update for True Blue on Kronos. And, and that was a character uh, that I had thought about doing a, a, a earlier quite often. And it just never made it. And so I think it worked out really good being in Kronos. So he's a pretty cool character. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. And it's interesting to hear that sort of behind the scenes about the artwork, because it absolutely helps to tell that story, you know, him in the amateur wrestling gear, tying his shoes on the floor in the locker room. Uh, that's great. I love I love that. And, and it's something that, you know, I didn't necessarily pick up on. But as soon as you said it, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. That's that's his beginning. Um, Todd, what what are your thoughts on Blue Chip? Um, I mean, great kind of baby face character. I think, you know, one of the, you know, when it first started out, you know, we only had the eight cards in there, but I think he always kind of jumped out at me as kind of like, you know, the, the one kind of big hero from the set, if you're going to have, um, you know, have something with that's just FTR uh, focused. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoyed using him. He He probably did the best out of most everybody in the initial set for me. As far as stat wise, you know, I've done a couple of tournaments with with the with them. Uh, he was definitely the, the I think the top or you know one of the top two of the initial set. At least yeah. the good guys, the faces, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, I was just going to say I think you know Rob talking about the art. I mean, I I always thought from the very first time I saw those cards that from that first set that that was the best piece of art in the whole set. Like I, yeah. th- I thought it was just it was it was a great piece of art. He told the story and it was a great, it was a fun character. I mean, it, it's nice to have somebody who is just a good, you know, a good guy, right? He's a face. He, he's just, there's no ulterior motive. He just wants to compete and be the best, which is, you know, you're seeing him on the ground floor. So that's kind of cool. You can see the potential, uh, you know, yeah. his name being blue chip. You blue could chip. see, okay, this, you could see how this guy could get improved over here. He wasn't just stuck in jobber status, which some guys are. Right. Well, and that's the great thing too, I think, about this first set is that, you know, there was that promise. There was sort of the the potential for these characters to grow. And clearly we have seen that in, in, in a few of these instances, um, which kind of brings us to to the next character here, uh, would be Disciple of Terror. Um you know, not only of course that FTR card um in the original set, but of course also got a prime update last year. Um Rob, tell us a little bit about Disciple of Terror. Uh, obviously he's kind of 
been you know bridged a couple of gaps as far as FTR, GWF, etc. But uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the genesis of that character. Probably the most successful FTR character to date um, from a fan created perspective. Um, Kevin Butcher, who's a personal friend of mine, great guy. Um, I bounced a lot of ideas off him. He created that character. And the cool thing is Tom picked all these winners without any names attached to him. He just saw the characters. And, I, and I, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was his favorite character. Yeah. The, we, in the and, first set, we only had one fan created character in there. Oh, okay. Got yeah. It. Well, that, yeah. He won it. That's right. It was his favorite character. But it was all blind to your point. It was point. all blind. All blind, you know, and uh, it was great. And, and so to see, you know, Kevin's such a, loyal promoter and uh yeah been there you know since day one so to see him win was fantastic and it's been a great character and it's you know it's it's a character that's based on uh dreadnought obviously people like dreadnought so it's worked out um really fantastic for that character he made to the gwf tom liked him enough to put him in the gwf which in any role is an ultimate honor yeah so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we got 2137 coming out. So we'll see what happens with Disciple of Terror. I, I think he's got that update. We did an update for him to commemorate his promotion to the GWF, which is an amazing card drawn by Daryl Banks. Uh, Kevin, uh, he went out and got that done himself. And, oh, wow. And, yeah, and it was so fantastic. I'm, 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 can I use this art? And he obviously, being friends, allowed it to happen. And uh, we were going to do an update for the character anyways. So saved us some money but uh it's a fantastic character and uh <laughs> i can't wait to use him uh wherever he ends up next wherever he ends up next so I does that that's not a spoiler <laughs> <laughs> well it wasn't until you said that no i'm kidding no. <laughs> uh well that i mean that's exciting though the the potential for for again for these characters to kind of uh grow into new roles and new positions and get you know put into the gwf and then potentially you know wind up elsewhere uh if need be i mean you know we've seen that so much over the past year or so a couple of years really with everything that's happened with centra and um you know continues to happen with the gwf and now with ftr as well and then Chrome us of course so uh it's really cool and it's it's interesting to think that in this first set and especially these first two characters that we've spoken about that not only did they fit that role uh of of kind of starting off on the ground floor um and had so much potential to grow but that they also were these wonderful nods to the past you know with blue chip being from cetus and obviously star warrior and omega you know hailing from there as well and then of course with disciple of terror you know that nod to comrade terror and the move set, I, I think, you know, really plays into the fact that he is kind of literally a disciple of terror. Uh, and, and so I love that about the character. I think it's a it's a fantastic uh, character. And, and it's cool to know that 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 Banks artwork was something that Kevin kind of commissioned. Um, mm -hmm. Our next character would then be Faller. Um, tell us about Faller. That's Tom's character. He uh, he wanted to do. I have to be careful here if I can remember correctly. He wanted to do a character based on the mascot for the new college he's been teaching at. Does that sound right? Yep, within Arizona University, Louis the Lumberjack. Okay. Wow. So he did, and and he got an update. He made it to the GWF, and he got an update. So he's a very successful FTR character as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guy. Mike, what are your thoughts on Faller? Well, he was probably my second favorite piece of art in the set. Um, really like him. I mean, he's kind of had um, 
again, I mean, I, I kind of like these baby faces that are interesting and a little different. You know, it's, there's not, um, I mean, you don't see a lot of lumberjacks in the GWF. So that was kind of, you know, <laughs> well, it harkened a little bit back, you know, to um, kind of to who is it? Uh, is he from uh series? Is that, was he from where Massif was from? I yeah. think. Yeah, I, I think he was. No, no he's, he's, from, from he's from Hydra. So oh, he's from Hydra. It was, okay. it was um, um, uh, earthquake when he earthquake. Got, yeah, Charles. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. That's it. Earthquake. So it's like to, so to have that um, harken back. I thought it was pretty cool. I I like the character. I I mean, I've he's done pretty well in my Fed uh, even before he got his update. So I mean, it's it's you know he he was never. You know, I mean, obviously, never was challenging for my heavyweight title or anything, but yeah, but he's, he's a on the Titans, isn't he? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, but but the Titans have always kind of uh, you know yeah. picked up people and have like Ursa Major, right? I mean, like they started. He was like sort of the first enhancement guy in the GWF, and then they the Titans, you know, took him under their wing and you know helped him get better so kind of is again it it, it it mirrors the past a little bit here um where they they find another guy and they they see the potential in people so i think that's kind of cool yeah yeah and, and actually when i said earthquake before i meant chopper matic that was his uh you know when he got updated later on that's right I, I everyone knew what you meant I, everyone knew what i meant but yeah <laughs> i just wanted to clarify that i mean yeah i was i was actually kind of impressed that you said earthquake and not chopper matic because i was going to say chopper matic because i couldn't remember that it was earthquake so <laughs> i couldn't remember chopper matic so there you go <laughs> um yeah I, well i mean they, obviously that sense of history in general is something that's always been a huge part of the gwf and and you know something that continues through to the latest sets uh you know right up until today um so let's head over to one of the tag teams in this set uh the electric axe and totally awesome uh rob you've got the floor sir well all right so one of my regrets i got really into that movie that mad max movie and i created this this guitar guy and then and then as soon as he came out i was like man i gotta do, i gotta redo him immediately it was just one of those <laughs> weird decisions that just got through I love totally awesome. I feel like he's he's pretty original, pretty cool. The other guy was obviously a little too inspired. So I like where he's at now, like the new update where he's strictly just this like heavy metal rocker dude. There's no influence other than that on him. And mm-hmm. uh, but really super unhappy with the first character. And and I remember Tom even being unhappy and saying stuff like, "Man, this guy just cheats like crazy. How is he a good guy?" So one of those <laughs> characters I didn't really like. It was too emotional. It was, I didn't. I didn't invest a lot of thought and logic into it, and uh, immediately regretted it. And so I'm glad. And I think if, I could be wrong, but I think he was the first guy I updated because of that. Yeah, I mean, he got the update in in Prime pretty early on in 2019, I think. Yep. And I yeah. love them now. I think they're a cool tag team now. I think I like them where they're at. I don't have any plans to update. Um, I like the totally awesome art. Um, I like, like I said, not every guy has to get better. Um, I think they can be a, a decent little undercard tag team. And in FTR, you know, there's not a whole lot of tag teams anyways. So I would, I'd rather get new teams in there before doing anything with him. But I like the art and I like the new, uh, the new Electric X a lot. First one, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Todd, what are your thoughts on this tag team? I had a lot of fun with them. Great undercard tag team. I actually used them quite a bit in the uh, GWF. Uh, I, I do love the totally awesome art with like the 
road warrior shoulder pads, but instead of spikes, it's big speakers. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was an awesome, awesome uh, little little uh, little twist there. Yeah, yeah. I you know it's funny because uh, I think we spoke about this not too long ago about how I used a lot. I didn't really have an FTR fed with those you know that first set, but I would use them um, you know sort of the undercard uh, or even you know attempt to use them maybe as enhancement talent for my GWF. Um, and I, I did get some use out of them as a tag team, so uh, I, I always enjoyed it. And I could always kind of see them, you know, especially because of Electric Axe's stats, like you were saying, Rob, being maybe a little bit vicious at times, and then yet at the same time having this kind of wacky element coming out with the speakers and playing the loud music and being a little crazy and uh so it was you know i had a little fun with them um yeah, I really like where they're at now um i'm happy we did that i forgot i was gonna say something you just just talked about but um oh i know what i was gonna say we teased a breakup before that update in fact i think we even wrote in one of the updates that they weren't teaming for a year because because of that controversy, because uh, he was cheating so much. Didn't we write that in one of the books or one of the something, one of those onboards? Yeah, I, I think you had that in one of the um, like bio updates or something yeah. like that. And, and, and I I mean, I remember you, you, you talking about that, right? Like you, you were happy with it when it was released. And then like two days later, you were like, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so when, when we first talked about it, everybody's like, he's like, is it okay if I update any of these guys? I'm like, I know which one he's going for here. <laughs> they were the very first um, FTR characters I ever thought of. That 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 character, those characters, that tag team is what sparked that whole set. Because I came to Tom, I said, hey, I got this idea. I can't remember if Prime was a thing back then, but I remember saying to him that I thought the GWF needed some jobbers and that other people thought the same and I think, because you know, that set, and I know we're going to get these characters, but the natives, we didn't know where that was going. And that sparked a whole entire humongous thing that we're still playing in the GWF with those two characters. So I think that's why Tom allowed that set to go through. He, he had an idea, and I came to him with an idea, and he thought it could work. Yeah. Had he not had the idea, who knows? We might not even have FTR today. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that is interesting to think about because that was the next uh, pair of characters that I was going to talk about here was the natives of Castellex. And you've got, you know, Crud and Igor. And it's it, yeah. because of the role, like you said, that they've played in current, you know, GWF storylines. Um, it's a great little seed that that was planted. And much much like Faller, you know, you, you kind of get the idea that Faller was a seed that was planted for use later because, you know, then he goes on to not only be a Titan, but to team with Climber and have, you know, there's, there's interactions with other characters that are very important to the GWF. So, um, yeah, any, any extra kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that you can tell us about the natives? I mean, just the fact that it sparked the whole Castellix, the whole Kingdom of Castellix thing. And, and Tom did not share any of that with me when he created them. I thought they were just, you know, regular old tag team and didn't think much of it. So I think it was very soon after that that he came out with the whole... So it was interesting to see him start that story in FTR. But no, nothing else other than that. I love where they're at now in the GWF. Um, Tom's done a fantastic job uh, with them, and I hope to, to see updates for them eventually because they've been they've had a great story for two very you know poor cards. Right, Mike, you were going to say something. Well, I, you know, I was going to say is that, that 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 FTR set came out in between the second Future Shock release and Kingdom Come, 
So I, I think if I remember, uh, it was uh, right. I think right before regime change, actually. Oh no, you're right, right, right. Because then, then after that came uh, the uh, um, the Castellix team, like you know, yeah, Bur- Burning Man. Right. I think Burning was Man came, the, and, yeah. and then and then the Castellix team came. So you're right. It was not Kingdom Come. It was a regime change. But um, because that was when we did have Promoter Prime. But back then, that was before we split it up into the different um, uh, COTG Legends and Indies segments. And so, and and we hadn't done any direct storyline tie-ins out of Prime yet. Up until then, Prime had sort of been more um, collectible, I would say, as opposed to storyline stuff for for champions. Right. Um, and and I think maybe Rob, you had started to do like a couple of the what turned out to be the Chronos guys, but at yeah. the time it was it wasn't yet that wasn't part of the uh, deal. But but it was so. This was you know. Whereas now we will bring guys in FTR, Kronos, um, you know, CWF, we'll, we'll bring them into prime back then. We didn't, we weren't using it that way. So this was sort of like a great way to sort of tell a story without it having, you know, it's kind of what we're doing with prime now, but, but it was kind of before that. Yeah, that, that, I, I like that. I mean, because it's one of the things too, that we've talked about a little bit with the, you know, just kind of some of those, basically business decisions and about, you know, the idea of like, you know, what's going to be best, not only for the way that we create, but just kind of business in general. And and, and I think that that's, um, that that's interesting to know. Um, Cause one other thing I, I just realized it, it mm-hmm. just, it just hit me was, you know, Rob was, I think Rob had, you had talked to Tom about this idea and I had talked to him like the previous summer at, at Galacticon about how, you know, the GWF didn't have any enhancement guys anymore. And I was like, you know, it's really there. We've kind of lost that. I said, and, and you know, it's it's kind of all mid card, you know, or lower mid card guys, maybe. And he's like, well, maybe we should do something about that soon. And <laughs> and then Rob comes to him with this idea that's awesome, and it just totally happens. awesome. You're totally awesome. <laughs> and and uh, it it just it's amazing how sometimes you know things happen totally separately. And like, you know, I didn't have an idea for how to fix it per se. But that, you know, I'll pretend I set the table for Rob. That, that, that's, uh, I'll just, uh, Todd, 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 Todd uh, you know, probably advocated somewhere behind the scenes too. But, but Rob was the one who cooked the meal. I just, I, I just kind of said. It was actually Osk's idea originally, but yep. no proof of that. Okay. Well, I, I thought it was yours. So <laughs> I was just giving you credit. But, uh, but, but, but then, uh, so, so I guess Chris uh, prepared, the, did the menu, you cooked it. And I, I just, I just put the napkins out. Java set has been thrown on so many times. I'm convinced that, I'm convinced that once time here's something two or three times, you know, okay. And then I, I really truly believe that because he had that natives idea that allowed that green light. Had he not had that, not to yeah. say it never would have happened. It might just not have happened then. I think it got his more his blessing more than, or he was really invested into it at that point. He's like, you know what? Right. I think I can do something because we. I think we said at the time he's like, well, we want to give a couple of spots to Tom to create some guys for this. Right. And at first he's like, eh, I'm not sure what I want to do. And then he's like, you know what? I have an idea for the future. I'm going to start planting the seeds now. And then he, he had said yeah. that like before we even yeah, started. It, it, he's like, yeah. He, he made some. Everybody thinks that we know everything behind the scenes, like that Tom <laughs> tells us. He does not, and he, no. and he makes these cryptic <laughs> comments to us, like. I think this will be, a, you know, something people might enjoy. It's a big storyline. I have an idea. Oh, what are you thinking? Oh, I'll, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. You know, like, and that's, 
<laughs> oh man, I, I love that though because one of the things that it illustrates is the fact that you know multiple people who are you know invested and knowledgeable about the game felt that there was this element that might have been missing, and you know came separately at it from maybe different angles, but that the outcome was the opportunity to create a set like this, uh, which I think is really cool because it just again it just speaks to that level of investment that everyone has in the game line and their knowledge of it, and you know just it's it's a it's a passion project. You know, I, I, I want to be very clear, though. I, I, I suggested a problem without a solution. So, <laughs> right. But you were, you know, you were aware. You were aware. It's it's, it's what we do as humans, right? Um, so that brings us to the last character in this first set, uh, which I think uh, is is one of the more interesting characters and did get an update. Uh, and that's Swerve. Let's talk about Swerve, Rob. Yeah, I really enjoyed making creating Swerve. Um, I love the Titans. They're probably my favorite super group. I know a lot of people say that the gladiators or whatever. Something about the Titans I've always really enjoyed. I think because they're human, they have these human emotions and things like that. They're very easily uh, relatable. So, so yeah. Swerve was a guy who, at the time, was just doing anything he could do to get noticed. He had a move, I think, called Rating Spike. Anything mm-hmm. to get ratings. Anything... I'm a good guy. I'm a bad guy. Um, he, he would do these turns mid-match. I, I thought it was a fantastic idea. I thought the art came together wonderfully. And then over time, um, I really felt strongly that he needed something. I felt like a character like that it couldn't sustain itself. Um, it, like I wrote in Suspects, he, at some point, he turned on almost every other face in that locker room. You know, small <laughs> thing. So I'm really happy where he's at now. I don't know where I'm, what I'm going to do with him. Um, I like where he's at. I, I really debated I was going to make him a bad guy, rule breaker type of guy, and I'm, I'm glad that I made him the, that he's a face. Um, and I, I think after all that, that controversy he sustained in those early years, I feel like toning it down was the right direction versus amping it up. And I don't know if he ever will again or not. I'm going to see how people react to him. He got booted out of that rumble pretty quick. So we'll see how people people like him. But uh, I like him. And I like his feud with Vacant. Because Vacant's another guy who's not really like a hero. I mean, I don't know what what people think of him either. But he's not really a a hero or a a bad guy. Um, I think he could go either way. Um, So that's a cool feud. I'm not really sure who was going to come out of that. Um, with the fans behind them. We'll find out. Yeah. I, you know, the Titans have always been one of my favorite groups as well. Um, And he was the character that I think in some ways, as much as I liked Blue Chip and and Disciple of Terror, but I I think that he was the one in that first set that I was the most drawn to. I thought it was just a really interesting concept. And, you know, the idea that you could kind of play him either way and that the move set was random enough that, you know, mid-match he could, swerve you you know and 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 i really enjoyed that about him um but that said reading about the the growth of the character and then also hearing you talk about it a little bit really sold me on this you know this baby face version of the character that obviously no one really trusts and they don't know what to make of him still and there's which i think is also really really interesting so he's a guy that i definitely plan on using uh a lot and seeing you know seeing where he goes um 
because I don't know, I'm just very, very interested in that, in that concept of the character from the first iteration to the present. Um, I'm very excited about that. And Hey, I was, like I said, I was, I was always a Titan guy. When I first got the set, I think, you know, it was the Lord Nexus and, and Pulsar and Pit Viper were, were three of my favorites to, to begin with. So, uh, and Titans have always continued to be some of my favorite characters in the game. Um, Mike, what are some of your thoughts on Swerve? Well, I, I think like you, I found him interesting uh, right out of the shoot. Um, I thought when Rob told me the concept for the art, I was like, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, <laughs> uh, but but it turned out great. I mean, it, it turned out great. I think um, I really like the new direction that Rob's taken him. I think because lots of times when you have like that tweener, and he was a kind of unique tweener, but 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 a tweener. Um, go face they kind of lose like some of the interest to them like they they become boring a little bit but but i think that the way he's um positioned now there's drama in every match because every face has to be ready for him to go bad again like it's just i've been burned like so many times this is the time he's going to do it he's he's just and so to me there's a tension in every like tag team match he's in which is so cool and I think it, it, if, you know, it, it gives you so many more possibilities for even feuds with faces who just are, are like they're They think like, oh, he bumps into them and they think that's him trying to, you know, get the drop on. Them, right. Right. And so, I mean, to me, it's it's it, it gives you a lot of options in your Fed that are now misunderstandings instead of active attempts to get. Somebody. I totally agree with you, Mike. And, and since the character has been released and I've used them myself, I feel like. It gives players a ton of ideas. Who's going to be the first face to trust this guy? In my fed, it's it's been uh, Sonny Rocket. He's kind of he actually managed him in a match. Um, and who's who's never going to trust him? There's all these dynamics um, that I didn't even realize that it didn't intend to be there when I wrote re- rewrote this character. It just kind of turned out that way. And I like that he's like a you know guy turns good. He usually has you know teammates. This guy's alone. He has nobody. And he's deservingly alone, you know, and we'll see where that goes. We'll see if that uh, ends up, if he stays alone or if people end up trusting him again. I think that's a cool story because a guy, I think a person can be obviously redeemable and I think Swerve can be redeemable. It just might take him a while to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, what are some of your thoughts on the character? I mean, I love the the whole concept of the guy that can kind of switch back and forth, uh, you know, throughout the match and, and whatnot. I think it's a fantastic concept. Again, I mean, I, there's nothing more I can say beyond what Mike and Rob already said. Love the new direction. Really interesting to see where this goes uh, and, you know, what really becomes of him in the future. I could see, you know, him uh, really, you know, having some other turns in the future. Who who knows what's going to happen? Uh, you know, as FTR you know, keeps on going, uh, I think he could be a very critical character. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Favorite Titan? Me? Okay. Yeah. Uh, probably. I mean, oh, geez. So I was going to say Lord Nexus, but I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> There's so many other cool ones. I mean, I was always I was always a big Quasar Mark for some reason. I don't know why that is. It's, it's a random one, but one that I always enjoyed him. I wish you know he had a bigger a bigger role. You know? Yeah, that's some more growth. But Mike, what about you? Yeah, I mean, your first gut reaction is Lord Nexus because um, I loved uh, him with the first set. I love Titan Power, but 
I guess if, if if I if I take him out of the equation, I, I'd say Pulsar Prime in some ways was kind of cool because he was like one of the first guys who really stepped up his game. And again, we talked earlier about how the Titans then have this tradition of uh, you know elevating guys. Uh, so maybe I'll throw I'll throw Pulsar in there. Nice, Rob. What about you? Other than overtime, um... <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to be the first one. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to go with the shameless, uh, cheap uh, pop there for me, Rob. So, so all right, this is going to be kind of a long answer, but I, I love payback, and I love payback mm-hmm. because he was fan created. There's a cyclone, and I, and, and the reason I love that because it has a story. Tom was going to do a hardcore Titans team full of angry, vengeful hardcore Titans to go after Kraken if they had lost that sudden death, and the Titans won. So it never happened. Yeah. But I was always like, oh, man. Like, I wanted to go back. I just thought it was the coolest idea. And that was, like, forever ago. You know, forever ago. So, um, yeah, Payback, Cyclone, and uh, OT. Outside of those three guys, like, you know, I'll say um, I liked Dragon Master a lot because I liked that whole story about him taking the mask off and he had the scar. But he wasn't, like, scary. Um, he had the baby face look, but he still had this cool scar and it was a great art and he had great stats and, and Titan Express was fantastic for me. They're great interplanetary tag champions. So I like Pulsar Prime a lot too, but Dragon Master was something special. Yeah. Yeah, man. Also a big shout out to uh, Cyan Nexus too. Uh, you know, he had a, a good long career, both GWF and he, he was CPC. CPC. Yeah, well. CPC. Yeah. 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 yeah, he was a big player in that too. So I, yeah, I did enjoy him as well. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with Cyan Nexus. And Lord Nexus is obviously kind of the, you know an easy answer. But I guess to say someone that hasn't been mentioned, who, who was one of the first ones that popped into my head, I, I would probably go with Rising Sun. I always loved Rising Sun. And his special edition card from, I think it was 2011, 20, I think maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved that card so much. I got so much mileage out of that card. He just, you know, he didn't necessarily win, but he always put on great matches. So I, I yeah. had a great card, his update. Oh yeah, his eclipse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eclipse was a great card. Um, so anyway, I just I, I felt like going somewhere, you know, for a second, taking a little sidestep. Uh, <laughs> but let's move on to the second FTR set, um, which came out in what what year did that come out? Oh, I was told there would be no quiz on this. Uh, well, can I say I you know I've ruined everything? Yeah, I think. I think it was, it, was right. it was in between uh, regime the second regime changing kingdom the first, uh, the, the uh, kingdom come set so that yeah. would have been let me think twenty nineteen I think it was twenty seventeen yeah I think it was late seventeen was when that came out because that's what mayhem isn't that yeah he's stamped for twenty seventeen yeah, yeah 17. I think yep. maybe Christmas time seventeen I think sounds about right yeah makes sense. Um, so let's, uh, let's dive in here. Um, so Astarte, let's start with him. Uh, Rob, go for it. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Pete Beck was really into that story with the whole doomsayer body swap thing. And he created that character. That's the son of the guy whose body doomsayer stole. Is that right? Yes. I, yes, I believe that's correct. Well, so the character enters the Fed. I don't, I don't really know if people knew what to think of him at first because, um, you know, Doom, this is a Star Trek character who Tom originally created. 
never had a drawing. Um, I mean, obviously had the body, but never was a, a, a main character. So here's his son, with, enters the Fed with a chip on his shoulder. He wants to avenge his, uh, basically his father's name is associated with this crummy uh, body swapping thing. And he wants to restore honor and so on and so forth. And, and we decided that he did, that he's a hardworking wrestler, he's popular, and he's finally restored that honor to his father's name. So now he's fighting for himself. So we were able to get that update for Pete, um, which I think people are real happy with. And he is all of a sudden a huge, uh, at the top of the card character. He's the number one face in the FTR with the uh, absence of blue chip. And uh, that's only going to get more interesting in, in part two. Right. Cause this guy benefits the most from his absence. So what can that possibly mean? Yeah, we, you know, we don't really know if this guy's a good guy or not. And we're going to find out. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so Mike, I want to pivot over to you real quick, because obviously the character and the storyline is something that you've touched on too mm-hmm. in um, future shock. And not that, you know, you have to give us any, any, you know, too much information, but that said, uh, talk a little bit about this character and, and, and maybe a little bit about the storyline and, and just kind of how that it might've influenced your, I mean, not this character influencing you cause you'd already done your thing, but you know, about that particular realm of, of the CWF even. Well, I, I think a lot of this, you know, Tom's created such a big, rich, vast universe. And he finishes up stories on people, but some of these characters are compelling enough that people like want more. They're like, oh, what, but what happened to him after, after, you know, like, you know, like we, we, fe- we got the end of the story, but I want to know what's next. And I think Astarte is one of those like little niche characters that were just interesting to people. I mean, obviously to Pete in particular, but, but I think that, um, there's a lot of what ifs um, that I get to write, write about sort of in a different timeline. But yeah. I, I think in this case, you know, if this happened to your dad, how would you respond? And so that, you know, that, that that's kind of, you know, I, I think it's really cool. I, uh, it's, it, you know, I've thought about, you know, obviously I've thought about the doomsayer storyline from a different angle. Um, but I hadn't thought of it in terms of redeeming the guy who doomsayer hijacked, you know, that was sort of a, mm-hmm. Um, really a cool take on it. I thought uh, very creative. Add to that real quick. You know, we, people ask a lot on the board <clears throat> and in uh, Zoom things. Hey, are these guys ever going to end up on GWF or Chronos or Centra? And while nothing has been written, that's a guy who certainly could. Add, I could see end up on Centra sometime. So anything. Just possible. my opinion as a fan. Any anything's possible. <laughs> I am writing right now, Rob. It could happen sooner than you think. <laughs> Uh, that's how the sausages are made (laughs) for a couple more sets okay i'll I'll, I'll hold off i'll I'll throw that idea out for now todd you know obviously as someone who has you know a long time love of the game like all of us here um talk a little bit about this character maybe in that whole doomsayer storyline and just what you thought of that kind of piece of history coming back you know we talked about sort of the historical influences in that first set but this is like you know this was uh instead of just being a nod this was actually a follow up on something yeah no really cool i think you know when we were you know obviously we were putting together this set um you know half you know we wanted half the cards to be fan created ones and so we had the contest there and all of us i think you know rob mike and i also the entries early on 
before kind of curating him and sending him to Tom without the names, the same thing this, this time. And that storyline, I think really kind of hit all of us like, wow, this is really great. And, you know, kind of having that cool callback, like, you know, I hadn't thought about that, you know, the name is Starte since I missed it in a uh, you know trivia contest back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so it was really cool to kind of have that, you know, bring that back in there. And, and yeah, that, that one hit, I think for all of us, I think they were, he, uh, Starte was towards the top of our own personal lists. Uh, and glad, we were glad that Tom uh, chose that as one of the ones uh, to represent in this set. Yeah. Um, so that will bring us to the next character to be Captain Crossbones, which is a character that obviously gets quite a lot of play in the book uh, for suspects. Um Rob, let's talk about Captain Crossbones because he's a really interesting character for a lot of reasons, and, and visually, he's you know uh, uh, very interesting as well. Yes, um, that was another one of Tom's favorites, I believe. He really liked the idea of having a pirate in the game, <laughs> and I like the stats. Um, I thought the creator Richie did a really nice job with the stats, and he's you know he's been one of the stronger characters uh, in FTR here for a while and uh he's got great art um i guess this is a good time to drop one of my surprises yes Ooh. We're, we're actually todd uh, actually offered me a fourth spot in q3 promoter prime Woo-hoo. and i haven't even told richie this yet but we're gonna update captain crossbones in quarter three with a new card and, and, and some killer stats so we can get in there and compete with pardon that's awesome i love that uh that's super cool because I, I you know it's one of the things i was thinking about earlier today when prepping for the podcast is it's like you know he's got good stats and he was popular but will he be able to compete with pardon in in this feud because i haven't started my my new ftr yet or restarted rather so that's that's super cool i, I think we're gonna have to raise the price by five dollars for promoter prime now <laughs> just just based on that the anticipation of captain crossbones well, take yeah, my I money now. I wanted to play those two guys again, and I played them a couple times officially and, and several times unofficially because I really mm-hmm. wanted to see how close they were. So give me an idea where I want Crossbones to be. And, you know, we'll see how this goes. Um, I teased it a little bit in Suspects. You know, Pardon came in. He's kind of supposed to be like a hero. I don't think he's much of a hero, and people are mesmerized by him. But I could see people cheering for Crossbones. I think yeah. I could start the double turn. And I'm not saying that's going to happen or not. I haven't written and decided but kind of seeing how people do it with their own feds you know so we'll see how it goes but captain crossbones is going to get a killer update we're going to give him some killer art and he's definitely going to be you know right there with pardon i think they're going to be that that and that's a feud i think you know tom did this a long time ago with swarm and tricks those guys feuded their their entire career yeah i think it's one of the only times other than like star wars Thantos. and i want to do that with these guys because i love that whole centaurus versus brimstone feud and this is kind of what we've been talking about this whole night is Tom writes the GWF and it goes forward and as it should. And all these nostalgic things that get left in the wake, fans like myself, fans like Mike, pick them up, pick up those pieces. Tom can't possibly keep all these amazing things he's created going at all times. The Fed would have, you know, 300 wrestlers. So to be able to do a Centara versus Brimstone feud over here in FTR and Mike doing his his specific feuds in Central while Tom moves forward, I think is just the coolest thing in the world because it gives everybody everything. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And, and, you know, there is obviously something to be said for, you know, moving things forward and, and not getting stuck on the past or stuck in one place. The galaxy is a you know big place after all. But uh, at the same time, you know, we do love to have those, those opportunities to kind of go back to the places that sort of made us fall in love with it to, to begin with. Um, Todd, what are some of your thoughts, not just on Captain Crossbones, but just kind of that idea that Rob was mentioning too about, you know, maybe touching on those, those elements in the past and, and doing new things with them as they kind of get, you know, left to go explore new territory that, that Tom's doing over in the GWF. Well, I think that happens with a lot of, uh, you know, interesting, a lot of big universes that are created, uh, you know, like, I think like you, you can even tie it to like the Star Wars universe, you know, the, the Star Wars movies always kind of move forward, but people just love the characters and love, you know, certain pieces and wanted to know more about them, more backstory, more, all right, these characters that have been kind of left behind, where have they gone from here? And so all the novels came out and another, you know, cartoons and other things like that, that really expanded upon that. It's only natural it happens and other you know forms of storytelling as well uh so yeah i think so many different you know bootleg uh, sets that people have done in the past exploring like uh you know a certain you know federation that was maybe mentioned and you know somebody came out of but like where did that you know what what was all what happened in that whole federation and it's cool that people have been able to pick that up and really tell those stories throughout the years and and now we're able to tell some more of those different stories through some of these other different expansions uh that we're doing outside of the mainline GWF, which I think is is awesome, and I think a lot of the fans really like uh, reading about that and you know playing it out, even if it's a little bit, you know, just kind of like experiencing uh, what the, what the those extended stories are all about. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned Star Wars because that was actually going to be my my go to as well for you know kind of comparison and and just the idea that you know you've got like the core films which have kind of you know told this this one long story and maybe gone new places with it and then you know you you look though at some of the side stuff like the Clone Wars cartoon or, or you know um, Rebels and and all of the things that they were able to explore while also maybe touching on certain elements that might have been mentioned at some point in you know in the films and whatnot and 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 having the opportunity to kind of expand on some of those stories and, you know, go back to things that, um, that, that people, you know, have an emotional attachment to, um, which obviously Centaurus and Brimstone is a perfect example of that because the, you know, that was a big and important piece of GWF history and it was, but it, it went beyond just being, and that was a blood feud, you know, uh, and, and, and people died. <laughs> so it's, uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's obviously something that's really cool to, to go back to and, and pardon obviously is a great character, but having a foil, uh, potentially in Captain Crossbones, regardless of whether or not it ends up being, you know, kind of a straight baby face heel thing, or, you know, maybe somewhere in the middle or there's a double turn or whatnot. I, I think it'll be really cool to explore and I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing what comes next. I also next like that they have, I, they have a history, even though they're two relatively new characters, we had, they have this history. Pardon was a not a bum but a jobber back on Brimstone at one point when Crossbones was back there, which is obviously many years ago. He's been in the FTR now for a while, so I love that. I love that. Uh, like it's kind of like when remember when Tom did Max Shield and Mandrill, and they already had this like fantastic backstory and they're brand new cards. You're just like, oh my god! So that's that's kind of what I'm going for here. Is even though they're brand new, they have a history. You can get into it. I love it. I love it. Oh man. Speaking my language, Max Shield and Mandrill. Uh, so let's, uh, so let's move on here. Um, we, you know, we still got some ground to cover, uh, but we're, we're moving along uh, after Captain Crossbones uh, into King Tux. Let's talk King Tux. 
Well, that was a that was a cool card to do. That was Todd's daughter. That was, um, you know, obviously um, the fact that it, our kids get into this stuff is incredible. My kids aren't yeah. super super into it yet. Certainly not to where they really want to create a card. So I can only imagine the joy that Todd felt when his daughter said, "Hey, I want you know that's incredible." So I, I like King Tux a lot. I think it took a little while for people to get used to used to him um, being a penguin, and, and even me at first, I was like, "Wow, he's, he's not going to be like a, a man." And then I got, I totally just clicked. I got it, and I love the story, and I really like where he's at now. Um, I've been talking to Todd for a, a long time about this him him being, you know, this King Tux, he almost seems oblivious to everything around him. And I told Todd early, I said, I, I, I see this guy coming out and being really smart and being a king and having it all figured out. And Mayhem thinks he's taking advantage of him. And, and, and the fans think that Mayhem's taking advantage of him. But and, and before Suspects was even written, we talked about doing this a long time ago. And I'm really happy we're done it up. It's a great character. Um, I see a lot of potential with him. Yeah. Todd, talk about King Tux. <laughs> so very interesting. So you know, when we were coming up with the, the whole contest here of, you know, selecting the different entries, uh, it was actually my son who's like really, really wanted to create a character. So he came up with a whole sea monster character. Um, who, you know, I think a couple people might've seen the uh, Cephalopodus card that came out later on. Uh, so he, you know, he really wanted to create a character, be in the contest and whatnot. So we worked on his character and then you know, right before the deadline, my daughter's like, well, well, I want to do a car, you know, character too, <laughs> you know? So, you know, as anybody who has multiple kids is like, well, you can't, you know, exclude one kid. So, oh, sure. Well, all right. Let's work on a character. Who do you want to do? It's like, let's do a penguin. So we came up with the whole thing and, and whatnot worked together a little bit on the stats and, you know, she came up with the story. We, we submitted it. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, so when Tom, you know, made his choices, King Tux was in the top four uh, <laughs> and to, to my surprise and to, to my son's dismay, you know, uh, him not being chosen and having a sister chosen was a little bit heartbreaking for him, <laughs> uh, which is of course why the other card did get made. Uh, you know, <laughs> I remember anybody... that phone call. Mike, <laughs> we're going to need to do something here. We need to do something here. <laughs> uh, but at the same time is like, well, all right, we're choosing four fan created cards and one of them is one of the people, you know, who's working in the game's daughter. So we, we actually made it a fifth card, you know. So that's a there's three cards that were, you know, staff created plus, you know, King Tux. And then we had four additional created, you know, ones. So I think we, we picked a fifth uh, card uh, that we all liked. I think one that uh, that all everybody else was like, no, we have to do this card. Uh, and so we, we included that extra one in there. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Backstory was not was not sure he, that King Tux was going to get chosen, but she's absolutely thrilled. And she always gets a kick out of when she hears that he's doing stuff in people's uh, feds. I think uh, one of the promotions there, uh, he had a T-shirt made and she just thought that was <laughs> the coolest <laughs> thing ever. So... <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, and, and go, going to Rob's point too about kids loving the game is that I, I just kind of feel like for, you know, for me, um, it was such a no brainer because I started playing when I was 13. And I know that, you know, other people started playing maybe even younger. Um, but uh, my good friend's son, when, you know, we went to StarCast and All In together, um, obviously I was telling him a lot about the game because he didn't really know much about it. Like he knew that I, I played this thing, but he didn't really know anything about it. And so as I told him about it, he's like, sounds really cool. And of course, 
he ended up buying a bunch of game editions, taking back and playing with his son. And his son at the time would have been 10. Um, so it was like, you know, they, they set up the Fed and like all he wanted to do for a few weeks there every night was, you know, not go play video games, but to, but to roll the dice. And they still do, you know, not, not every night anymore, but <laughs> still playing quite a bit. So it's, it, it's funny because so many of us have kind of grown up with the game and it's, you know, it's always cool to see uh, the kids getting involved. And the fact that now, you know, here, here we are uh, dads and, you know, and, and our kids are, are picking up the dice and, and playing, which is, which is pretty cool. The game has definitely become multi-generational. Um, so after King Tux, that takes us to Mass. And Mass, of course, is from Kroll, uh, as are Thrax and Zygon. Uh, you know, it, it, let's talk about Mass. Rob, go for it. Um, I, I always liked the uh, eugenics project. And I, I love the idea of what, hap- what would happen to them once the Dark Menace moved on. And, and this is it. They're left with just mistakes and mishaps. <laughs> and they have the, you know, these little cool scientists, they have you know, great motivation, but they just can't get the job done. They don't have the, they don't have the budget. They don't have the Dark Menace. <laughs> so this is basically like, you know, this is what happens with the Dark Menace, you know. The, real, the Dark Menace character, obviously goes uh, on to bigger and brighter things and leaves these poor little coal scientists behind. And it's only going to get worse in Suspects Part 2. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, I don't know if that's much of a spoiler, but it's going to be fun. That's for sure. But I like them. You know, I like the idea that uh, I, I, everybody likes the big, strong guy with the high pin. You know, that, that kind of model character has been popular forever. And, and that's FTR's version. And that's another guy who is who he is. He's not going to get any better yeah that's a spoiler but i don't think that's a surprise right right <laughs> but he's fun he's cool and and he's got a new relationship with uranus now so that's a cool little dynamic and uranus is obviously completely frustrated and overwhelmed not being able to communicate with him and communicate with the scientists always off cue and so i think that's a cool dynamic um we'll see where that goes too yeah, uh, no, I, I I love that. There's some uh, opportunities for comedy there, to say the least. Um, so, uh, in the interest of, of time here, let's let's move on and get to Mayhem, who I know is uh, a lot of people uh, love Mayhem. Let's talk about Mayhem. He was uh, the three of us, Todd, Mike, and myself. He was our favorite uh, fan entry, and and I think we had to change his finisher. Tom was, I think it was like a low blow type of, similar to what Bacon Bits is now, but it was a low blow type of finisher and, and Tom didn't like that. He wanted something a little bit more uh, um, work. Well, he, I guess he didn't want a, a jobber per se, taking people out with low blows. Like if it was with a GWF, that was the only hurdle other than that. He loved the character, loved the concept. The art is fantastic. And, and yeah. I will say this, like, um, you know, I want to update every, there's only a small handful of people who have created characters so far. And I want to update them all. Mayhem is a guy who I'm, I like so much. I'm so happy with. I feel like anything that we did with him now would be forcing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he certainly has room for potential, but I'm so happy with where he is in a storyline right now with Tux. That, um, and I love the art that I think he has a little bit more mileage in him. What do you guys think about that? I, I did not see what you were, was coming with that whole storyline. I mean, I was disappointed, Sam, you didn't ask me about King Tux because I, <laughs> I, I, I have the Steve Martin bit from Saturday Night Live that comes into my head every time he, uh, <laughs> he comes out. Um, but but, but I, I absolutely love 
that storyline in this in, in suspects like to me because you're like how could this idiot like not see this coming really <laughs> like and he does like that's the best part of course i saw it coming and then to have um uh you know uh cephalopotus could come and start talking now like he's the voice of of the king like i mean it's just so <laughs> it's i, I it's comedy gold, and what I, I love it. About that too is he's this giant sea monster, and Tux is this little penguin, and and he's got him under the heel of his foot. You know, he controls him completely. Yeah, well, and, and it's comedy gold. Like I said, <laughs> it's just so absurd that you you know you, you love it, and, and I mean I can't I don't know how you can't love it. it. It's to me, I am I have not gotten a chance to you know sort of play that dynamic in my fed because I'm writing right now, um, but. Uh, I am looking forward to the first time they come out together. That's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be a good time. Um, Todd, what are some of your thoughts on, uh, on mayhem? Oh, I, I love the character. That was my favorite. I think that was my favorite one when we were going through all the entries. I was like, all right, we have to do this one no matter what Brock, uh, great idea by Brock Atkinson on that one. So thrilled to include him in there um and he was the champion of our ftr tournament at uh, that's right or galacticon too i think a little bit of an upset but uh, i was glad to see him come out on top yeah but i, I think it's a great character to rob's point i'm not sure how we could make that card better right yeah. now he's the perfect foil to you know you know to king tux like it's just it's just this uh, it's a great dynamic he's a, he's a great jerk really yeah. so it's, yeah it's, yeah, you knew that breakup was coming all along, just a matter of when and how it was going to happen. I thought it was great. great well, I think everybody assumed that at some point Mayhem would just turn on him. Yeah. Right. And I think King Tuck's uh, seeing it a million miles away, just waiting for the right opportunity to, you know, pull that egg right out from under him. I think it worked out great. I think yeah. it ele- it's cool when you have two existing cards and you give them a story and it almost elevates them a little bit. They almost feel like newer characters. Time used to do that stuff all the time. He'd write some new storyline or put some guy in a tag team and it felt like a brand new card. So I think it's elevated those two guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's that's actually a really cool point to make, Rob, because it's the idea that you don't necessarily have to have an update for the card in order to kind of re-refresh the card. And I think that that is a great way of looking at it because, you know, sometimes these cards end up being more versatile than even I, I think we expect them to be. And it really is about the storyline. It is about what you do with them. I mean, there are feds that I've read uh, on the boards, for instance, where they take a character, even like Legends feds, not even just, you know, GWF feds. Or, or CWF feds or Chronos feds where they take a character and you're just sort of like, man, I never thought of that character that way. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, once you see them in that whole new light, it, the, the card itself, the stats, while still important, does not seem to matter as much. You know, it's like you, you just kind of get this whole new perspective. And I think that that's really important. And it's, you know, it, again, it just speaks to the versatility of the stats and that you might see a card one way when you first get it, but there's, there's ways to get, you know, gain a whole new perspective on it. Absolutely. So let's go ahead here and we'll move on now to Moonlight. Yeah, this is a good time to drop my second surprise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Todd gave me an extra spot in Q1 2022. So we're going <laughs> to update Moonlight. Um, I, I actually have talked to Shane Sullivan um, about, I told him I wanted to, I actually showed Shane uh, part of the script with Pardon, where, where Moonlight joins him on stage. Because anytime I write, um, most times I write um, for other people's creative characters. I wanted them to know where I'm going with it. 
to make sure they're approved of it. So I showed him and he loved it. And I told him then, I said, hey, I feel real bad. There's a couple of mistakes in the back of the card. Um, and, you know, that's our fault. And, <laughs> and I feel bad about that. And I've wanted to update that character since. And now that she is in a new storyline, I think it's a good time to do it. And by the time Q1 2022 rolls around, you know, she'll be knee deep in all kinds of stuff. So uh, it'll be the perfect time for a new card for Moonlight. When are you talking to Todd? I need to know when I can ask for extra stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Todd will be back, Mike. So <laughs> wait a few more years, buddy. I'll just have to see if I can catch him in a good mood. Oh man, that's awesome. I, I, I like the idea, you know, not only of her getting uh, an update, but just kind of, you know, where the storyline can go and, um, you know, pairing her up with Pardon right away, having her kind of, you know, fall under his spell maybe uh, is, you know, was, was a great story beat in in the handbook uh, for the prime cards and for FTR suspects. So uh, it'll be really cool to see what happens next with her. Um, let's move on to a Tom card. That's uh, Murtak, the Merciless uh, 10 star art to begin with that's <laughs> best art ever <laughs> Tom does such a great job of, of creating these ridiculous uh, goofy in, in the most fantastic way characters you know and Murtaugh's that character and I got a lot of use out of him I think people love him um, He, I think he fits great in the GWF you know I can't wait to see what Tom does with him and I, yeah you know, he that character being the whole like I'm going to conquer your planet and he's terrible. It's just it's hilarious, and uh, the art I think really like you know makes it perfect. That face, that 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 stance, everything about that character is amazing. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Todd, some of your thoughts on Murtok? Um, he uh, absolutely fantastic. Love the whole thing with him doing the uh, the 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 uh, was it the the. Uh, Dree, Dree's anthem and, and having yeah. the flag. Oh my God. So great. You know, absolutely love him. Yeah. I, I use him a lot actually in the GWF as well. I mean, he's always like trying to pick fights with people and getting his, you know, butt handed to him. It's great. Yeah. Sh- shades of Nikolai Volkov combined with an enhancement yeah. talent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Totally. Well, he's got that great mechanic too, that really helps him be, you know, even better enhancement talent where the finishers, increase you know by three uh which is fantastic because it's like you know there's some finishers where he's just easily won and done um uh, but yeah it it is fantastic art and it's one of those pieces of art that just you know who that guy is like you don't you don't need you know you don't need too much more of a story you know exactly who that guy is just from the art which is great um so our last character in the second set of ftr is vacant the jungles of neptune a guy who surprised us in the uh in the recent ftr tournament rob let's talk about vacant i i like that character um he's he is one of the many um offspring of cannibal the headhunter um and i want i like the name vacant i thought that'd be a fun character to create and, and the idea is he has this vacant look in his eyes he's just an animal and uh, raised in the jungle. I, and another character, I'm not really sure where I'm going with that guy yet. If he's a good guy, he's a, it's weird because in my fed, for whatever reason, he he plays more like a, a good guy. And I don't mm. know if it's just because he's exciting. He's an exciting character. He's not really a rule breaker per se. Um, now, obviously, if he's the son of Cannibal, he's probably got some something <laughs> down in there. 
<laughs> when I created them, I will say this, I intended to develop that. And I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to go next. Uh, it never did develop. I, I was so happy with what the character was that I just left them as is. And I love his feud with Swerve. I think it's perfect. I think it plays perfectly. Um, he doesn't understand what Swerve is trying to do, and so it's it's really helped to uh, elevate Swerve as well. I think. Yeah, I, I, they, they are a great match. Uh, that's that's definitely a feud I'm interested in digging more into. Uh, you know, as soon as I got the chance to read the booklet, which was. Had the privilege of reading it before it actually came out, so uh, it was something that I kind of knew about. I just haven't had a chance to start to start it up yet. Um, Mike, what are some of your thoughts on Bacon? Well, I, I think he's he's sort of you know another one of those interesting characters who you know you're not quite sure he could react very differently. I think in everybody's fed, you know, you can interpret him a little differently. Uh, so I think that you sometimes see that. I think you know I like the. You know, I, I love the spinecracker finisher. So mm-hmm. like it was it was cool to see that uh, you know, in there obviously, you know, makes it more real that he's cannibal son. Um yeah, he's just fun. I mean, and, and he's a good card. It's not like he's uh, I mean, he's I'd say, you know, if you look at his like level two offense, he's got like a two choice C and then two three moves. So it's it, you know, he's got some some juice there. So I, I, I like him. I think he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Todd, what are your thoughts? So, I mean, I, it kind of harkens back a little bit to the early days of the GWF where the, the Neptune guys were kind of your lower end guys there. So kind of having someone representing that planet in kind of the, you know, enhancement fed, I think is, you know, it's a good tie to the, to those early years. So it was cool to include someone uh, from the, the Neptune zoo in there. And yeah, I mean, I, he's, he's done pretty well for me, you know, in those couple, couple chances I've given him. And, and Rob, I think if I remember correctly, we did the card back a little different with the uh, um, the portrait yeah, shot in the back. Eyes, I want his face real up close because that's what the vacant. That's what it means. Is he's got this vacant, not only in his eyes, but he's he's um, he's primitive. He's got a primitive uh, personality. He's like an animal. Yeah, because most of the guys we do like a full headshot of them, but for him it was zoomed in like right on the eyes. So that was sort of a little unique. The thing about that card that's different than most of them. Yeah, speaking of which, here's a here's a question, uh, art wise. The the um, markings around his eyes are those tattoos or face paint or? Uh, yeah, I would say it's like face paint. I would say it's some mud or something like that. Okay, cool, something cool. Yeah, from the jungle kind of jungle mud. I'm always interested in in little little nuances like that. And I like that he's riding because you know he's 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 got the same deal going on as Beast Riders, right? Right. But he's cool, you know, like he's not, I like Beast, I know he gets a bad rap, but that was kind of a, a small, even though it's Cannibal Son, it was a small artistic ode to that Beast Rider art. Yeah, I really like that too. And it was something that I was thinking about, uh, honestly, at the Road to Galacticon at the tournament, you know, just, just kind of seeing that artwork and just being like, he is kind of that, uh, a nod not only to renegade but also to to beast rider uh, the, whole, which is fantastic. the whole story the whole thing you know? yeah yeah um so i want to take a quick step back uh because i just th- i just thought about this we kind of went went past it but uh not a, a card per se but the you know the first um write-up if you will did actually have some really cool um, you know, sort of commissioner stats for incubus um let's talk a little bit about the decision to have incubus be you know, at the head of FTR, um, 
up until recently, obviously, uh, you know, being the guy that was kind of the steward of this ship and, and, and seeing this new talent through, um, talk a little bit about the decision to, to have him at the head. And then also a little bit about the, the stats for him, um, as he's, as he's now in charge of the, the fed. Well, I, that was my idea. I, I, I thought Incubus was a young enough wrestler that he could take on that role of a fed, uh, that was based on young wrestlers. Um, I knew I, I knew I wanted to have a established commissioner. Um, and I just, I think the timing was right. Tom had written them out. He allowed me to use them. Um, I don't really remember offhand how, what exactly the stats I wrote for him. I know they were pretty basic. Wasn't it something along the lines of like, he'd set up a match and the winner got to, to, to wrestle on a GWF card something like that, or, or they got to wrestle on the undercard of the GWF, something along those. So it, yeah. it definitely tied in to the GWF. So we needed a GWF character to do that. Um, I always knew I wanted him to groom a new uh, commissioner, and that was always the plan. And now that's been done. He's handed over the reins to Sonny Rocket. I don't want to talk more about that when we get to that character, but I, I'm real happy with, with what Incubus has done and, Pretty sure he's done with the, you know, with the history of the FTR, but we'll see. We'll see what Detective Quest. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so let's move on to our next character, uh, Promoter Prime. Uh, in 2019, there were three cards released for uh, FTR, uh, and just going in alphabetical order. Let's start off with Chameleon, uh, another Animan character um, from Andromeda. Um, you know, she's a really interesting character. I, I love her move set, and uh, I thought had really cool art. Rob, talk a little bit about Chameleon. Yeah, I wanted to put another female in the fed um i wanted to do the a and i man i thought the a men are cool um i wanted to put another one of them in there and the cool thing about chameleon is if you look at her card she has when it comes to the uh the charts she has some of the best ratings in the whole fed two b's i gotta turn my light on here for a second Hold on, it's two b's two a's right two b's two a's yeah two b's two a's yeah and doesn't have great agility or power has a very high pin i thought this was a perfect starter card um this is a character that could certainly improve over time but she has this fantastic built-in mechanic uh blending in you know so her, her storyline is and this is interesting about her too even though she's an anime anime are typically fiercely loyal she's not and it doesn't mean that she has anything against them where, where like mayhem obviously hates them she doesn't hate them she's just a free spirit she could go out and hang out with anybody maybe she will we'll see what happens in the next uh ftr suspects but She's not, uh, I could see her moving on doing something different without turning on the anime men, so to speak. Mm-hmm. She's a chameleon. She fits in anywhere. She takes pride in that. That's a play on that whole character. And she's got that, uh, she's got that tag finisher, gets a little bit better in tag team matches. And here's something else. With, with Moonlight and Chameleon, um, obviously there's only so many spots, right? And, and it'd be really hard to fill up FTR with a bunch of women wrestlers. So I'm not, you know, people are running these, these ladies against the men wrestlers. You know, I think that's cool. I think that's something you could do in FTR and, and get away with it. I do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think it's a great idea. And I think that both of the characters, you know, they, they, they don't seem as though they would have any issue with, with doing that, especially Moonlight. Uh, Todd, what are some of your thoughts on Chameleon? Uh, no, a neat, uh, different take on, uh, on an Adamant for sure. I like that, you know, just like the blending in that she can kind of adapt 
you know, that's her whole thing is adapting uh, to situation and, you know, whatever tag team partner she's with, she can, you know, still do something with. So I thought that was a, a neat kind of take on, you know, the, the chameleon persona, you know, the chameleon animal and how to bring that into an animal. Uh, so yeah, really like, really like that card. Yeah. Mike, what about you? I, I just, I really like the art. I mean, I think the captured the chameleon sort of feature to her where that you got the, the different colors coming through her. I think it's, it's cool. I like Rob said, um, she's, you know, clearly got potential and, you know, she's in the right spot. Right. So, you know, she went to FTR to kind of get better with not, not just get herself beaten up in the, uh, in the main roster of the GWF somewhere. So I think it's, it's, it's a good, uh, good story. And, and anytime there's somebody who has, future potential it sort of makes them a little bit more intriguing just on that basis alone yeah yeah now now somebody who might not have future potential uh (laughs) and i have to be careful how i ask this next question um hailing from dimension x the overmatched rob tell us about uranus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, you know, similar to how Tom did the whole natives thing and the whole entire Overman story, which has now been quite developed, it all started in Uranus or yeah. with Uranus. I'm sorry. And, <laughs> you know, at first it's funny that I didn't even mean to say that, but anyway, Tom, it, Todd was like, are you sure about this? I'm like, it's, I'm not trying to make a joke. Like, I just want to call him Uranus. And he's like, are you sure? He's like, you're being serious. I'm being serious. Uranus the overmatched. And I just, I, I love this story. I thought the idea of, it really opened up all kinds of wonderful ideas because the idea that Janus had these, these, all these kids and these seven sons and there was this one run. I mean, I didn't have the idea for the overmen specifically who they were until much later. Just that the fact that there were these seven guys, these seven sons that existed, it just opened up all kinds of opportunities and it started with him and, He's another guy. Um, I would, I would say I'd like to improve him, but if, if if he never did, if he never was improved, I think he'd be totally cool. I think he he does enough with his personality to get over. And you can't update everybody, you know. Right. And, and he, I think he makes such a good foil. Um, it almost would screw up the whole story with the Overman if you did improve him. You know, it almost needs you need that one guy. Because that's his whole thing. He's got all these. In, in fact, there's two two overmen who I, I will say because I am retiring next year that I I have no plans to do. So that's going to be out there in the open, you know. So that story will always keep going. It'll still be there. Yeah, I you know it, it is interesting to think about the fact that you know that there's there's all this set up and 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 you know we've had some payoffs already obviously with suspects which has really kind of reinvigorated ftr but but thinking about where characters like uranus might go um are really interesting and you're right you know not everybody needs an update and kind of like what we were talking about before sometimes it's just in the writing and there can be you know kind of a refresh done with that or progression you know more importantly that there's a progression that takes place that just is you know the outside of uh, of the stats of a card getting updated which is mm-hmm. cool um we already talked about electric axe so i don't think we necessarily need to revisit that that updated card um but let's jump into uh our promoter prime 2020 cards um we had uh th- two cards uh here with um sunny rocket 
and Disciple of Terror, getting that update, which of course now he's in GWF. And we also had the Johnny Rocket card, uh, and he's off in Cronus. So I guess we really just have Sunny Rocket, really. Uh, <laughs> we could talk about all three, but let's just jump right to Sunny. Yeah, let's, yeah, Sunny Rocket. Um, there's a spoiler that I can't really talk about yet. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave it at Sunny Rocket was originally an original character that I had written. Um, he had a different name, but the idea was always there that there'd be this guy who, who was so intent on making it in the wrestling business. He would do anything it took. He would manage wrestlers. He would do the interviews. He would wrestle whatever it took. And, and that was the guy. And his original name was grinder. And I know that might sound silly. I didn't know it was silly at the time. I actually talked to another promoter about it and he told me it was silly. So I, I thank him for that. So he got a new name. Um, Johnny Rocket uh, and being able to do Sunny Rocket at the same time, I think is a fantastic dynamic. Um, yeah. Works. And it's really, it's, it's sparked, it's, it's reinvigorated this whole FTR. It's, the whole Fed revolves around them right now. Yeah, well, I, I think it's you know the the card itself is actually a, a really good card. You know, I mean that's the 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 neat thing about it is he's got good stats. You know, he's got the add one. He's you know he's got the the tag or singles finisher. You know, his defense is you know pretty decent for the FTR card. So I mean it's it's a good card on top of it all. And then yeah, you've got a guy who's basically been you know in some ways kind of been given the keys to the kingdom without an instruction manual and yet his father is somebody like Johnny Rocket. So, it, you know, there's some intriguing, you know, story there to back all that up. And um, again, he's one of the guys that I'm really looking forward to playing with uh, once I start my FTR. Um, Todd, what are some of your thoughts on Sonny Rocket? Yeah. I remember uh, Rob first telling me about him and, you know, the, you know, son of Johnny Rocket and, you know, he's going to be kind of doing all these different things. I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, and I think, yeah, at first I, I wasn't sure how it all worked, but that kind of seeing, especially now with suspects and kind of how he's all over the place. And there's again, as you said, like the focal point of the, the promotion almost now. Uh, I, I haven't used him much yet because we, we haven't, haven't had a chance to really start up this, this era of FTR yet. But I, I'm definitely really interested in, in using him in, in all those different aspects. Uh, so a really cool character. And uh, yeah, we'll see, you know, who kind of, steps up to him as we go go ahead yeah uh mike some of your thoughts on sunny rocket well i I think it's great because it it does capture like the essence of breaking into the wrestling business right for the guys who are in the indie scenes you know in in real life you know i mean they've got it they're setting up the ring they're you know oh you you get to wrestle under a mask this time or you you know that you get any any chance they can get to get exposure they want to do. I mean, I, I saw the um, uh, Steve Austin interviewing um, Chris Jericho mm-hmm. and Chris Jericho talking about any TV time is good time. Like right. you just have to take advantage of it. Right. You know, like any, any shot you got, you just got to max it out and make yourself memorable. And I think that's what uh, Rob's done with this character is he's a guy who just, he grew up around the business. He understood, you know, what it took to make it and that he was going to take advantage of every shot he had. He's sort of not the entitled, you know, second generation guy. He's the second generation guy who gets it. And, you know, I, I just think it's, he, ne- he doesn't have anything handed to him and he's going to earn it all, which is kind of cool. And it's, I'm so happy that it, that it did turn out to be that way. And it wasn't an original character that became Sonny Rocket. And because it's it, now it's involved Johnny Rocket and all these different things. And you get that nostalgia factor. there. So I do, 
I am appreciative that, that, you know, sometimes you bounce ideas off people and then you end up going different directions. So had that been an original character, it might not have, you know, a lot of these things might be different. Now, but you, you really were plugged into this character from, for a long time. Long I, think, time. I think it was like a year, at least a year that you were talking about the ideas. I think longer it. than that, but yeah, yeah. because yeah. we were going to do, we did, we did FTR two in 2017 and we were going to do FTR three. Like I wrote a whole book characters that we've never released talked about um th- um this grinder guy was completely fleshed out uh, we he, he had a chart there was a whole thing and then i can't remember if it's because we ended up doing crime stoppers it just got pushed back and then but when he got pushed back it changed you know things develop stories evolve and and it be, he became sunny rocket oh and then we just decided we we're gonna do it via prime that's what happened so we started dropping him in prime so it, it just it's cool to from just a creative standpoint to be able to look back at your tracks and see like even at the time it didn't make sense how it, how well it worked out it really worked out in the end yeah 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 i mean he really is an interesting character and it's funny mike that you mentioned chris jericho because it's like clearly this is a guy who can work the mic uh you know much like jericho can and uh, uh I, I, he really ends up being um not only kind of a focal point but also i think the promoter's window in in suspects you know the he's the one asking the questions he's the one doing the interviews he's you know so he kind of is you know our our eyes our mouthpiece in a lot of ways and uh i, I think that that's apropos especially considering how you know how much work you put into the character and how important it is i also totally want to see that ftr3 um <laughs> i do actually have a follow-up question to that though so are there any ideas or characters from that that you are, are kind of using now with the suspect stuff or did you basically just do something completely new for suspects yeah the um masses tag partner was originally written in there in a completely different way um so he's getting used there was a guy named blur who if i remember correctly he was an omnicron and, and it does blur not like you'd think i remember molesky being like it sounds like he'd be really fast and he wasn't he was just blurry he, <laughs> wasn't, he wasn't like in this his art and, and we even had art he, he had his arms around two fans but he's like blurry and they're all like you can see him so yeah omicron know, didn't help everybody you know yeah, <laughs> crappy omicron guy with a crappy power he's blurry so some guys make it, some guys, some guys don't. Oh, I had a guy named Super Krabby, an anti man who was just a really a, like angry crab, Super Krabby. So he didn't make the cut. <laughs> um, he, that book. he was just he had a really bad disposition. Everything was negative about everything. He was a decent wrestler, but Super Krabby. Um, and then I think we talked about Aloha Force before. He was in there. Um, so you can understand why some of these guys didn't make it. Sure. <laughs> Cutting room floor. Well, yeah. but you know, one of the one of the things that's neat is that I feel like Suspects has done a wonderful job of incorporating characters that, you know, maybe were to be taken a little less seriously and and certainly, you know, have a comedic you know, an edge to them, like Mayhem, for instance, and, and the King Tuck storyline, uh, or, or Uranus. But but the thing is, is that uh, they still fit within the overall texture, which I really, really enjoy. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there's that there's something to be said for having some of those ideas and scrapping it for something a little bit more serious, but still being able to keep, you know, the, the, the lighter characters and, and get mileage out of them. Because let's face it, it's like, you know, wrestling being the art form that it is there's there's space for everything you know it's like i'm not i'm not a huge fan of going to a show that has comedy 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 but at the same time 
I, I enjoy a good comedy match just like anybody else does, you know? So it, it, it's, it's interesting to think though, that, that, that there are these characters that don't quite make the cut now because there is a little bit of a new direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Not like you said, not everything can be a joke. Right. Right. Um, so actually he's been mentioned a couple of times, but we haven't really talked about this character yet. Uh, but Cephalopodus is actually, um, you know, an interesting and, and kind of important character, sort of the mouthpiece of, piece for king tux now uh which is great and and just just uh the way that it was handled i thought was sublime quite frankly so let's talk a little bit about cephalopodus yeah i think it's a fantastic art first of all um yeah i told todd a long time about and and it's not inspired by this so much but i told him i said i kind of want to do like an r2d2 c3po thing where king tux doesn't talk he just (laughs) blops and boops and whatever and then but the only person who can understand him is the sea monster guy and, and so far, so good. We'll see where that goes. But I, I like that. Um, and, you know, the art's awesome. And the card stats are pretty cool. Todd did a nice little mechanic there where he has to add two fatigue tokens every time he's pinned because he's out of the water. Yeah. I think, was there was there a, a plethodor to have that? Yeah, plethodor had a mechanic like that, one, too. Which, believe it or not, coming full circle, the original plethodor was written by a fan. That was written by Alex Filsinger's best buddy, Neil, Neil something. Nelson. Yeah, Neil Nelson. He wrote that card. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, now, uh, Cephalopodus is not currently available uh, online. Is that correct, Mike? I think that is correct. Is he going to be made available? I think people are, people are asking about I, th- that. I think, I think we have to give the people what they want. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then, Todd, is, is Cephalopodus still available? Or is Cephalopodus... Uh, yeah, I do, I do have some printed copies there. Yeah, we're not selling it there since you know but uh, uh if you would like a copy of it uh definitely let me know uh you can uh shoot me an email at todd at filsingergames.com and uh happy to send you a copy if you are especially if you're a uh, promoter subscriber in q1 if you don't have one from before uh let me know uh if you're you know cgg Pro, um prime subscriber i'm happy to include uh someone out to you so you can play out uh play out the rest of that whole uh Interesting feed. Here, I thought you were going to auction them off. Um. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, my my son Ryan would love to to see him in as many uh, feds as possible. So yeah, he, yeah, we'll, we'll give him out there. That's perfectly fine. Absolutely, that that's very cool to hear. Uh, I, yeah, I, I do have a copy of that card. Um, but uh, uh, again, I I really just love the the, the storyline uh, with King Tux, and and I like that sort of R two D two C three PO analogy. Um, so let's let's just get to the main event, if you will. Now we've we've covered everybody else. I don't think we've left anyone out. Have we left anyone out? All right, here nope. we go. Let's talk about Pardon. Um, now. I, I I was made aware of Pardon pretty early, uh, just because you know I helped work on the the video for the introduction um, at the con. And uh, as soon as I kind of saw him and and started to read a little bit, and then saw the card, I was just sort of like, oh oh, this is where we're going for FTR because this guy is you know this guy's a star. This isn't you know this isn't somebody who's come in to to you know learn how to be a wrestler or you know hopes to make it to the big dance one day. This is a guy who's come to FTR to make FTR its own big dance, which I think is really cool. Um, so yeah, Rob, take us on a journey about the creation of the card, the character itself and, and what he represents, uh, especially for FTR going forward. Well, that's a fantastic interpretation. He he's, he's all about himself. 
He shows up in FTR. He puts everybody on notice. I know his, people seem to be a little bit confused by his name at first. I think now it's pretty clear. You know, he's here to pardon everybody from the pressures of success. There's no more worrying about winning matches. There's no more worrying about getting ratings. Like, this guy's here. You're just a jobber to him. It's his Fed now. He's the top guy. He's positioned as the guy and the star in FTR. Guys like this updated Crossbones who's coming and obviously Astarte, certainly capable of knocking him off that peak but that's the plan that's his plan he plans to be there for a while he's an intense character um he positions himself as a hero (laughs) but it'll be up to the fans to decide really if that's if that's true or not um you know again like i think i think some of the coolest guys are they're not good guys but they're not rule breakers either this guy's out to win matches you know what i mean he doesn't uh there's a difference between a a guy who's going to take shortcuts and the guy who's trying to beat you. And this guy is trying to beat you. Now he does have that cult distractor rating, so he's not he's not completely free of uh of dastardly deeds, but he's got a mesmerizing personality. He's positioned himself as a star, and I think that's sustainable for him. I think people like him. Um, I know I really like him. That art is just knocked my socks off when I yeah. saw it. It's just incredible what Werner can do. Um I actually have a very off the show at some time. I have a version of pardon without the fire before basically like before the pyro. And it's really cool. Everything looks different. All the, 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 the creatures are different colors and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, it's not as dynamic as the fire, but Werner always does it. So give me like two ideas, two options. And I'm like, Oh my God, they both look so good. But in the end I had to go with the fire one be, you know, being from brimstone, but yeah, that's that's the one we went with. Um, here, I'll show you. Here, I got it on my phone. I'll show you really quick if I can pull it up because I think I got it. Yeah, yeah I'd love to it. see that. See if I can get it. Where am I? Right there. You can kind of see. Oh that. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe we, you know, get another spot out of Todd and release that card <laughs> one day. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Brian will be twelve cards per quarter pretty soon. A special um, edition. I mean, hey. I'm not going to complain about that. Uh. That's the feud, man. Him and Crossbones, like that's you know when I when I leave leave the FTR, um, that's going to be the top feud there. Um, there'll be all kinds of stuff going on, you know. But that that's if not the top, you know, right there. Those are the two guys, and um, we'll see where it goes. We're going to have to get a mute button here so I can just press it when, when Rob starts talking about extra cards. And- <laughs> <laughs> what? All, all the promoters are salivating at the prospect. I, I, I'm going to have to, you know, so it's come, uh, I'm going to have to get you a muzzle like I have one for Chad. It's going to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so I want to come back to that, Rob. But before before I do, uh, I, I definitely want to get Mike and Todd's uh, opinions and, and kind of reactions to Pardon. Um, Mike, I'll start with you. You know, what were your thoughts about Pardon? And I, I know that you and Rob have, you know, in general kind of worked, uh, you know, closely on things or bounced ideas back and forth. So I'm just curious about, like, maybe when you first heard about the character and uh, how the character might have changed or grown since, you know, since that first. You know, well, I, actually, this is one of the characters I think, you know, Rob had a pretty good feel for what he wanted to do with him right mm-hmm. from the start. I mean, it, it was, I didn't, I didn't, you know, sometimes Rob comes to me and says, I'm thinking about this, but what do you think? Should I go this way or should I go that way? This was a character. He was like, I really like this idea. What do you think? And so I had to say, I liked it. because <laughs> He'd have been upset otherwise, but, but no, I mean, I, I think it, it's a, it's a really compelling storyline. I really like the idea of a guy, you know, kind of coming in from the outside and I mean, I've, I, I'll say I have somebody in this archetype 
in Future Shock with Mr. Centric, right? So oh, sure. who kind of has this, uh, hey, I'm, I'm the dude. Don't worry about it. I got you, people. You know, like, you know, <laughs> it, it's it, it, now he's more of a heel than um, uh, than Pardon is. I mean, Pardon's more, I'd say, arrogant, but not necessarily bad. You know, he, he's just, you know, a bit of a jerk. Um, you know, in terms of he's condescending, but but he doesn't break the rules. Whereas Mr. Centers, you know, kind of a little bit more fast and loose with with certain rules. Um, so I I think that's you know it, it's nice when you can kind of hit an archetype, but not like make it like something else that's been done before. And I think that's and I like the whole concept of I mean that was something the 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 cult following was something that was there pretty early on, if I remember. Um, and I like that that. You know, it's not, he's not asking them to interfere. They just love him so much that they do. Exactly. And, and that's the kind of, you know, it, that's, again, he's not being like, hey, come on in the ring, like, you know, motioning to the back or something, you know, calling his stable exactly. out. Um, they're just so dedicated to him that they, they do it. And um, I think that's just kind of a neat little unique thing about him that makes the character really compelling. He's like a rock star. And those yeah. are his friends. And they yeah. follow him everywhere. They follow him from town to town. Well, not town to town, but galaxy to galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's easy to visualize too. Uh, honestly, there's there's something about it that that does make a lot of sense, and it jumps off the page. Um, Todd, what were some of your thoughts? And kind of you know from from your particular realm, especially when it comes to you know the COTG side of things. Um, you know, when you see these characters for the first time, are there certain characters that just kind of pop to you and was pardon one of those characters? And, you know, kind of talking a little bit specifically about your role, you know, in the company and what you do when you get those those creative pieces, you know, what were your feelings on pardon and how does it compare maybe to some other characters that you've seen come down the pipeline? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I really thought the, the, the backstory was really compelling. Before I ever saw the art, I thought the, the, the character sounded really, really interesting. And then seeing the art just really kind of popped. And for some reason, it, he kind of kind of seemed to me like a, you know, hardcore demon fighting Danny Havoc from the future or something like that. <laughs> I mean, maybe not quite the same uh, uh, disposition as Danny Havoc, but just kind of like, you know, just really gritty and, but, you know, but has that, that just that, that cult following i absolutely loved it uh but i think this is one where the you know, the art you know came out i was like oh right that's the, that's the man so um and i guess within my role here i mean i i i you know i'll, I'll chime in once in a while but a lot of times i'll kind of let people kind of you know any of the creators especially on the champion side kind of go i mean i'll chime in here or there but you know i think with my role i don't want to impede anybody you know i kind of want to see what creativity people come up with and you know rob is one of the most creative people i know and you know this is a, a great character i know he had a you know a, a great feeling about um you know put a lot of thought into it and and really kind of resonated and and i think i think this is one that's going to get a lot of uh, a lot of people liking him for for a long time what's cool about what you just said uh, he's not inspired by danny havoc but who he what he is inspired by is is independent hardcore wrestling yeah exactly. in general yeah. yeah in general yeah yeah i don't even know the names of the feds but the ones you know, the exploding bar warriors yeah like a czw and stuff like that yeah, kind of seemed like a C, like almost a czw kind of guy yeah that kind of thing that low underground gritty like you said gritty so again this is what else makes this guy interesting he's not a rule breaker but he's a hardcore wrestler so he's he's violent you yeah know? 
And there's, there's so much about them. Um, I, I think I'm going so many different directions. There's so many different feuds. Uh, I want that lifelong feud with Crossbones, but that, you know, you, you can feud with more than one guy in your career. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I think that he's, he's got the potential to, you know, to do that, to have, especially because there, there is something about the character that, you know, he kind of is coming off as, as, as a baby face right now, but he certainly has, you know, there's some attributes that would paint him as a heel. And so, you know, it would match him up well with anybody that he steps into the ring with and, you know, his fighting style. I, I love the way that he statted out, uh, you know, really kind of builds off from being this very, you know, kind of gritty, not so honorable, you know, fighter with, you know, slaps and bites, et cetera, to then, you know, getting into the strikes and, and the kicks and the punches and then gets into these big moves. Like you got the springboard DDT and then those two finishers, which are really cool. So I love that progression of moves as well. And I think that, um, it, it, especially like you're saying, those sort of those indie, you know, hardcore guys. There are a lot of guys out there right now. Nolan Edward is a guy that I just recently was exposed to through the the uh, WrestleMania weekend shows on IWTV. And not that Pardon necessarily reminds me of him, or or, or even vice versa, but uh, he 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 can wrestle. You know, the guy gets in there and he can wrestle, and then you'll see him in a death match. You know, getting thrown on light tubes, and then you'll see him in like you know one of those worked shoots where you know they're throwing you know, not necessarily legit punches, but they're also not throwing, you know, worked punches either. And, you know, and slamming one another into the sides of a cage or down to the mat. And I think that pardon, you know, can fit that role, that kind of, you know, that kind of wrestler uh, very easily. Um, Now, Rob, one of the things I wanted to get back to, you've mentioned a few times the, you know, the idea of, of, of this story getting to a certain point, and then, you know, you kind of saying goodbye to it. And I'm curious because, you know, you've got a character like Pardon and you've got this storyline in motion and without giving anything away or spoiling anything, you know, is this a situation where, you, you know, you're going to you're going to tell your story that this is going to have a, like a beginning, a middle and end and then, you know, leave it open for for promoters to do with what they like? Or is this one of those things where, you know, your intent is to maybe leave some things unfinished so to speak you know maybe leave some threads dangling and 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 have somebody else maybe come in and 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 run with that for a while with pardon um well i'm there's there's some things i'm going to wrap up and there's some things that are going to be left open i like to do a little bit of both um but that i'd say pardon falls into the leave it open category for the okay interesting interesting um so now that we've, you know, now that we've kind of gone through the roster, you know, we've, we've talked about each individual character um, and, and, you know, the, the, the components of, of the stew, let's talk just a little bit about suspects because I, I think that, you know, the, the feedback thus far has been very positive and it's clearly kind of this new beginning. Um, and, 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 and there are a lot of things that are clearly coming next. Um, but it gives us a great setup for a, a lot of cool, you know, matchups and feuds. Um, when it comes to the roster itself, was it important to you to have like a certain number so that it, that it worked? You know, people always kind of talk about that magic 24 of like the first set and about how those first 24 wrestlers, it really gave you a lot of, you know, avenues to explore. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously with, with this, uh, this first release here in prime, we get two updates and a new card. So I'm kind of curious as to your thoughts about the, the roster size. Um, no, it's a small roster. It's, it's, it's a challenge to kind of make it work. I think I'm, I think it's working really well with such a, I mean, it's just like a 14 
14 wrestler roster. It's pretty small right now. So that's another reason I want to get uh, some more fan created cards in there and then boost it up. Uh, my plan is to kind of uh, set the table, you know, with a couple more cards of my own, you know, a few more cards of my own while at the same time or, or certainly soon after giving uh, the fans an opportunity to create characters and plug them in and, and really not only finish this arc, but start the new one for the next guy at the same time. That's my goal. That's my plan. I think it's going to work. Um, I've written all my notes down. Uh, you know, Q3 is not written. The book's not written completely yet, but the, the notes are there. And and I always plan ahead and, and I know, I kind of know what I want to do at Q1. And I think everything's originally, we were going to do this. When I say we, I, I mean, Mike and I, I was going to stretch this out to, I've been talking about retiring for a while behind the scenes. And I told Mike, I wanted to stretch out to 2026, <laughs> 2024. I was going to do a Kronos. I was going to do part two in 2022 and part three in Kronos in 2024 and then then quit. Not quit, then retire. So uh, <laughs> so I basically uh, have a good plan in place, a nice little map in place. Um, I think I can wrap this up in Q1 2022 and then kind of hand the reins over uh, in Q3 while kind of like, assisting and kind of getting it going, helping the, the creators of these. Cause I think that's when we're going to do the fan contest is in Q3, 2022, whatever. So kind of like, you know, uh, a nice little transition period. That's the plan. That's what's in the notes. Nice. Nice. Um, I, so, you know, I just want to take an opportunity. Usually I get to kind of ask all the questions, but uh, I want to, uh, I want to prep Mike and Todd here before I ask this next question. Uh, I want to give them the opportunity to ask you a couple of questions, um, you know, do, do some of the heavy lifting. Um, but uh, the next question that I wanted to ask is, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, you, you have your standout characters, you've got kind of the relationship there with Pardon and, and Captain Crossbones, you know, the, the, the idea that, that Pardon is coming in and, and kind of trying to take things over. It, it sets up an, you know, great, uh, antagonistic element right off the bat. Uh, how did you kind of position the pieces below them? Um, and, you know, you've got your headline feud, you know, and clearly we see how like the King Tux mayhem stuff plays out and what Uranus is doing and all that sort of stuff. But like, how uh, did you kind of position the rest of it to, to, to make the pieces fit? Um, I just wrote it. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just write stuff and, if it's good, it's good. And if it's not, I scrap it and, and, and rewrite it. And it just, it was so, so few characters. That, and I already knew ahead of time, of, like I said, what I want to do with King Tux and, and Sea Monster and Mayhem. And a lot of ideas I have, and I think we, we all have, you're just waiting for the right opportunity to execute them. So it wasn't really too hard to come up with ideas. Um, like I said, I, I knew I wanted to do something different with Swerve. I knew I wanted to advance the, the Anti-Men. I knew I wanted to I had this idea for this tag team partner for mass years ago. I had this idea for this do it all commissioner wrestler interview guy. And, and now he's the, so it's just all these ideas uh, kind of come together and there really wasn't anything. I'm trying to think if there's anything brand new that I didn't have an idea for that I need to come up for. And, and I, I really can't, maybe the vacant swerve thing, because I really wasn't sure what I was doing with them. Mm -hmm. That was spontaneous. Um, and, you know, what was really fun about that is they, they didn't even, they barely even talked. Swerve said very few things in his interview and then Bacon doesn't even talk. So it was nice to get, you know, being able to give something for everybody, um, just no matter what their personality is like. But so yeah, Q3 FTR part two will be 
much more challenging because I am going to try to align everybody with a specific feud. Um, and I think it's going to work just fine. And then there's obviously going to be this, this big storyline with all these. This is when the suspect story really gets kicked off, by the way. There's going to be quite a few suspects, and they're all going to have their, their reasons for being uh, a suspect. And we'll learn about that uh, in Q3. Well, I think the other thing people need to understand with Rob is he is always thinking of ideas. Like I will be driving home from work in the car. I'll get this phone call. I've got this idea. (laughs) And then I'll get get a call like that night and be like, forget it. I'm going to scrap that. We're going to do this. I'm going to do this instead. Like he is constantly tinkering. I mean, it's like kind of like watching like somebody who fixes cars like old cars or something like that he's tinkering he's always kind of going out there he's like nah it's not running the way i, I don't like the sound of that let's let, let's let's tune that up a little bit so he's he's a tinkerer i i think would be the uh the best way there, there's not like a, a a pure start stop to the process for rob he's always kind of evolving his i like bouncing it. ideas off people um some people like to be very secretive and, and not talk about stuff and that's i totally get it i'm not like that um I bounced. I, I think I texted Todd at seven o'clock in the morning a couple of days ago with an idea and he gets back to me at like nine 30, obviously. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I just, that, that's what I do. I get it. So, and I'm, and then, you know, you get positive feedback or you get negative and I'm told that's if I get negative feedback, I get negative feedback, you know, something can always be better. Like talked about earlier, like butcher um, I'll bounce ideas off him. Blazing Holocaust was just, I only told the story before he was just Holocaust. And I just, I was in this weird, like lazy, um, I had other stuff going on. And I just, I remember sending him this picture and he's like, that's horrible. It looks, it doesn't look anything like Holocaust. It looks like a guy in a robot suit. And I looked at it. I was like, Oh my God, he's right. It's horrible. I was just phoning it in. And he explained to me how Holocaust isn't a robot. He's a, he's a man and he just has this skin. So, so on. So anyway, had I never bounced that idea off of him, we would never would have gotten blazing Holocaust. So, you know, I like, I like bouncing ideas off Todd. I like bouncing ideas off Mike, Tom too. Um, and, and as a group, you know, Todd, Mike and I, we, we, I could, we could talk about this stuff all the time. We have to like stop talking about it to get back to our real jobs. You know? Sure. <laughs> and, and Clark, I'll be in a, in a Clark Kent meeting and I'll, I'll like, my, my phone will start lighting up with texts from Rob and it, it'll be like, <laughs> what's going on over there? I'm like, ah, I did, that, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I, you know, I love that. I mean, I, I, with my background uh, in the arts, I mean, I think collaboration is so key to, to, to pulling something like this off. And I, I, I can't help but kind of be reminded um, in, in, I'm sure, of a very lofty and hyperbolic way of Akira Kurosawa and the way that he would, you know, write and direct films and that basically he had, you know, this group of guys and that when it came time to create a new movie, they would all go off into the mountains in Japan and they would rent like this, you know, you know, summer home basically. And they would sit around and they would spend all day long, like writing and hashing out stories and bouncing ideas back and forth. And then at night they'd get drunk on sake and they'd wake up the next morning and they'd do it over again. And they did, and they did this sometimes for like two or three weeks, you know, they'd just go up and seclude themselves. And during that time, they would write the script. They'd come up with the entire script together and then they would storyboard the entire film. And, and then when it came time to make the movie more often than not, it was, it was like 
clockwork. It was like, because they knew everything that they wanted to do because, well, he did because he was, you know, he was the director. He's the one in charge, but it was because he spent this time with these three or four other guys bouncing these ideas back and forth and figuring out what worked and what didn't work. And it wasn't just the idea of getting a script and like an idea, but literally visualizing it in the storyboards and drawing out these storyboards, you know, to specifically, you know, paint the pictures that they were going to paint on film. And so I think that, you know, when you have the opportunity to do that, I mean, yeah, you're not going off to a cabin in the woods or anything, but when you have, you know, in, 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 with technology and sending texts back and forth and making phone calls or, you know, <laughs> shooting emails or whatever, it's a, it, it serves that same function as far as I'm concerned, because you get the opportunity that at the end of the day, it's got your name on it, but it's still, you know, that collaborative effort and that collaborative process that gives you the feedback that you need to help fuel the project on the whole. And I can really appreciate that. I think our wives all support us like you know, working on this, but I'm not sure they'd sign up for us disappearing for two or three weeks and going off into the wilderness <laughs> drinking sake. So, <laughs> well, I guess we're not also making award-winning feature films in you know 1950s Japan, but hey, <laughs> we can dream. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, and, and just in my case, my wife literally supports me. Um, but <laughs> but uh, uh, so I, I'm going to do what I what I said I was going to do, Todd. I want you what, what's your question for rob um geez um i gave you all that time to think about it. i know he was thinking about drinking sake in the world yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> well i mean the, I, I i do have to say one thing so the, the whole idea of kind of using um you know the promoter prime to, to kind of tell a story i think we've been talking about this for a number of years if i'm not if i'm not mistaken right rob uh, yeah. i think maybe even after the first ftr came out i was like well maybe we should continue the storyline through through prime and have something like that come out and i gotta say i'm absolutely thrilled it's finally happening now uh with with this latest version here um I mean, I I'd say I don't really I don't know if I have any other questions. I mean, uh, I mean, is it, maybe we can do something like is is there anything, any kind of hint that you can give of what might be coming uh, Q three? Like you know, maybe you know, don't do any big spoilers, but uh, do you have something you can kind of give us as to maybe some type of a character that's going to happen? Do we need the mute button now? Or, or <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Todd, uh, Todd's giving me eight slots for this. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to go pass out in the corner now. Don't worry about it. Well, so I, I actually, it, it, uh, the road to glad kind of actually talked about the three characters that are going to be coming. We're going to get a wrestling card for this, this private detective quest. Nice. And what he's doing right now is he's kind of, you know, he's from afar, he's kind of studying things and eventually he's going to have to get closer to his suspects and, and what better way to get closer to your suspects than to get him in the ring. So that's what he's going to do. Um, and then we're going to get Mass's tag team partner. And then you're going to get a stud from the Pegasus star system who's going to be uh, Uranus teased him. And uh, he's going to show up. And I think he's going to be a little disappointed when he, he sees the super team he's agreed to, to sign. <laughs> that's we'll awesome. That the downsides of a long-term contract. <laughs> we're going to have an awesome update for Crossbones, you know. So it's going to be a fantastic uh, – addition to this and the story is really going to get amped up like i said it's a three it's a three part i'm going to wrap it up in q1 2022 and um it's going to be awesome and i hope I, I hope people think it's awesome i think it's awesome and then you know we'll see how q3 goes the you know the new guy can take over a little bit and help him out and uh help out with those fan created characters and i think that'll be a fantastic uh a fantastic um uh, 
sandbox to play in, you know, with, with the FTR. Because the goal, you know, the goal, original goal was always to create some jobbers for the GWF. And I think we, we accomplished that goal. So once we accomplished that goal, it's like, well, what do we do now? So we came up with the story, thanks to Marty Janetti, right? Who knows? Who knows what the next next direction will be? But the fact that we've, we've gotten back into this, I think, is fantastic. I do like that we are bringing back more of the, uh, you know, fan created, you know, characters into this too, which I think has always been something, you know, since, um, you know, my early days of playing, having the contests, you know, yeah, Cody back from Cody the Samoan Warrior through uh, Promoter you know, Madness and and now on the oh, FTR. Okay. I always like having you know fan created content uh, within within the storyline here and being able to do that again is is really exciting. Yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, the it, it kind of harkens back with the FTR brand, if you will, kind of harkens back to like that GWFZ um and you know what was done with that and and uh i think that it's 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 a cool uh opportunity like you said to involve you know fan creations um while also having a storyline that's kind of driven by um a member of the team you know if you if you will um mike what about you question for rob well i i guess you know rob's been you know talking an awful lot about retiring and uh, I take him at his word that that that's what he wants to do. But, but uh, I guess my question is how do you retire from ideas? And does that mean I'll stop getting texts at 11 o'clock and phone calls at eight? Oh, I'm going to send you my fed results every night. (laughs) (laughs) You won't even have to go to the message boards, Mike. (laughs) Personalized. Um, you know, I'll just write my fed and, and do my stuff and my own stuff. And it, it'll be a real joy for me to see um, it, you know, to see the next guy, you know, do whatever they do with it. And, you know, I've had so many opportunities. I don't want to talk too much about this, but, you know, I, I you know, even being able to do like the reimagine stuff, the war games, you know, it, it, so many just generous opportunities. And then that's something else. So, someone else will be doing that stuff now. And, 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 you know, the FTR has been, uh, I don't want to call my baby or anything like that, but it was, you know, I was lucky enough to be the guy who Tom chose to move forward on this project with many, many years ago. And uh, I'm happy that uh, it, it's it's living on. You know, people, there used to be so much chatter on the board. People, oh, are you going to do FTR? It's hard to do everything all the time. It's, we work on this stuff all the time. And it's just, it's it's uh, a lot of editing. It's not only is the creation creation process long, the editing process is grueling, um, especially with the big sets. And uh, so you know, it's been a heck of a ride, and I, I loved every second of it. And it's going to be fun to kind of just take a deep breath and you know take a break. And and I'm content. Um, I, I'm super content. I think that's the best part. And I have, I'm, I'm super busy with all kinds of other things outside of the game. So that's another reason. And it's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see, uh, see the next person. Cause like I said, Osk, Ashby, Mike, Todd with the indie stuff. I used to do the indie stuff before Todd did. I used to do Chikara, ROH. Like it's so I've, I've been, I've been given way more opportunities than, than I, ever could have dreamed of i'm thankful for them all and you know and i get to do this whole chronos thing and wrap it up and i'll be even more content when that's done because uh it's a lot of stuff and it's, it's nice to get it out you know will i ever stop with ideas i don't know i mean i'm a wrestling fan i don't think any of us ever stop with ideas <clears throat> and I'm a, I'm a phil street games fan i don't think phil street games fans ever stop with ideas look at the board yeah true. Well, you know, it's true 
That's a great point. That's a great point. You, know, you kind of mentioned the, ha- having the <laughs> having all of the you know all, all the projects and and just kind of making space for all that you can't do everything. And you know sometimes I'm in awe of the promoters who you know have like the four or five feds going at once and posting results and everything. And I'm just sort of like, man, I I you know I'm lucky if I can keep two going at the same time. You know, much less keeping like four or five and and, and paying attention to all of the 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 many opportunities that we have to play out there. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm always playing, but whether or not I'm posting results and taking the time to, you know, to do that is, 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 is another thing. Um, so I guess to, to wrap up, you've, you've talked a bit about uh, retiring now, but you've also mentioned, you know, the next person. And uh, do you have any idea when, you know, that might be something that is, that is that you announce or, or, you know, do you have anybody in mind? Is there, you know, is there kind of a plan in place already? Or is that something that you're just sort of like, I'm not going to retire for a while yet, so I'll get there when I get there. No, I think I think it's a good I, good time to drop our, our final bombshell in my, that I teased earlier because I do have someone in mind and I have talked about it and uh, talked to our very own Todd. You know, Todd has been uh, part of the game for a long time and he certainly would do a fantastic job. But you know, we need a little bit more help there. And and whoever this person would be, they really needed to be like a Sunny Rocket, someone who's familiar with uh, you know independent wrestling, someone who's into the game and someone who, you know, we can really trust with this. And I couldn't think of anybody better than you, Sam. So I would like to offer you the job of running FTR along with Todd beginning in Q3, 2022, if you would. (laughs) What? Oh man. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, that is, uh, that is unexpected and, uh, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm a little reclimped. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I got some goosebumps. I got, uh, the feelings that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I would absolutely love to do that. And, uh, I can't, I can't thank you enough, but this is, um, we got you. Really the most unprofessional that I've looked on a podcast in a long time. So <laughs> it's awesome. We've been trying to do this, like find a way to get you off your game for months now. <laughs> you, yeah. Well, success. Um, yeah. Thank you. Wow. That's uh, uh, that's incredible. I do not know what else to say other than thank you. And that that's awesome. Thank well, you. Thank very you. Much. You know, we've, we've become friends over the past year or so. And uh, you know, you're, you're dedicated to your craft. I admire your work. Um, and I know that uh, the FTR would be in good hands with Todd and good hands with you. So it's an, it's an honor, to be honest with you. Well, thank uh, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to that. I you know I love I love working with you guys anyway. I love working with Todd and and, and Mike and and uh, any opportunity that I've had to work with you has just been so so simple and so easy. And um, yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. Well, hell, I, I guess I better get to work. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, um, well, expect something uh, on my desk tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, I'm just going to hand things over to Todd then to kind of wrap things up while I sit here and try to figure out what the hell to say next. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I I'm very excited uh, to uh, you know to, I, I guess creatively. I mean, I've done a couple of things here and there over the years, so being able to actually you know, create something within the Champions of the Galaxy universe and and I kind of again like having you know, input from, uh, from fans as well. So being able to kind of coordinate that with kind of finding a way to, you know, tie everybody together into a cool storyline. Very exciting. So yeah, 
definitely looking forward to that. So uh, thank you for thinking of us, uh, Rob, on that. We'll, we'll do our best uh, to make you proud there. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. And, and we'll do a transition period in that Q3. Sure. We'll get all those fan-made cards and I'll, you know, show you how the process, but it's fun. It's, it's so much fun. And it's, it's, you know, these smaller sets, it's, it's not a lot of, it's not a lot of grueling work. You're going to love it. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. It sounds fantastic. Um, I uh, expect my first call tomorrow at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> Got it. Well, uh, that is super exciting, obviously for, for me, hopefully we'll be able to do something that's exciting for everyone else too. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, you know, we've got uh, quarter three um, this year to look forward to, which, you know, all the cards have now been announced uh, right here. Well, no, uh, no names and stuff of everybody, but uh, at least, uh, yeah. Well, right, right, right. Um, uh, we don't know Mass's partner's name, but uh, um, or the the um, the Pegasus stud. But uh, you know, I, I think that one of the things that I, I certainly wanted to be able to do when we did this was to cover all the characters and to get in depth a little bit about the process uh, of suspects and kind of you know where you wanted to leave it and where you wanted to take it. And hopefully we've been successful in doing that. You know, obviously I look forward to hearing what folks on the boards have to say um, and, and, you know, catching up with, with some of the feds that have been run. I haven't had a chance to read a lot of results lately um, to be completely honest, but I'm looking forward to, to, to getting back to doing that. Um, the you know the only other thing that that I really have to say at this point is just thank you so much, Rob, for taking the time to join us tonight and, and go over all of the characters, literally from you know day one through to the to the latest characters, um, and give us an idea of what's next because I think it's it is very exciting and FTR you know much like um, the CWF and much like Kronos gives us, you know, just an alternative, something different. And, um, you know, going back to kind of what Mike brought up earlier, we brought up Jericho, the idea that, you know, when Jericho was talking about AEW on that, that Steve Austin broken skull sessions, a lot of times he wasn't talking about it as being like, we're here to put you out of business, you know, like Bischoff and WCW in the nineties, but much more is like, we're just here to give people something else to watch if they want, you know, it's like, if they're not into this anymore, then here, we've got this for them. And, uh, and I think that, you know, I used that analogy before even, um, I rode to Galacticon and I think that FTR really helps to fill a niche that, you know, wasn't quite, there before um it's its existence which is is true also of chronos and the cwf um you've got your flagship in the gwf but it's also also really awesome to have all these different things so thank you very much for joining us and going over all this tonight it's been a lot of fun thanks for having me i love it yeah yeah absolutely um so todd let's take it back over to you sir uh what do we got on tap for next week so, uh, you know, last night uh, I jumped in with the Uncharted Territory crew and uh, we did a big draft of uh, Color Legends of Wrestling. Um, I think we talked a little bit about that at the, the Road to Galacticon. Uh, so I uh, joined them and acted as a commissioner for the draft. I, I was booed at the beginning. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's very interesting going through some very different picks than I would have made. Uh, so I think, you know, we're going to do our, uh, best and kind of, you know, next week and, and, and take a look at that draft and everybody in, uh, 
legends of wrestling and 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 kind of break down the draft and kind of give our thoughts on everything and and uh what we kind of think uh, that uh, chad Corey, tim and Stu might have in the works uh with these promotions that they are uh looking to do in the future so uh should be a fun little breakdown of everything going on there yeah i'll have to uh you know put my acting boots on create a character Really there going go. full bore on this thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're, you're Mel Kuyper Jr. of the draft there, <laughs> breaking it down. Um, uh, Mike, you'll be joining us for that one, right? Uh, I, as of right now, I haven't been kicked off. So, yeah, I think so. All right, awesome. Well, you never can tell. You're, you're mercurial that way. You know, sometimes you're here, sometimes you're not here. No. Um, let's face it, the only time you haven't been here is when we interviewed Dylan. Um, so uh, that, that'll that be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, obviously the Uncharted Territory guys have uh, been doing a lot of cool stuff. Their latest episode they dropped is actually about the uh, Major League Baseball season coming up, uh, which I haven't had the chance to listen to yet. But I'm looking forward to, um, you, know, you know, I'm I'm a Cubs fan, so uh, I'm prepared to have my heart broken this year uh, once again. Um, you know, we had our moment a few years back, so it's it's done. It's over with for the next century, but that's okay. Um, and, uh, You'll be able to tell your grandkids you remember when. That's right. That's right. Uh, so um, we've got some other cool stuff coming up. We're going to do a promoter spotlight in a couple of weeks, uh, I believe, as well. And then yep. we'll have, uh, you know, obviously more cool things on tap. App, uh, that we'll get back to real soon. Um, Mike, do you have anything else that you want to add tonight? I will have a, probably another teaser uh, to talk about on uh, uh, for, for the uh, future shock release. And uh, now just uh, hopefully my, uh, our friends in exotic Denmark are enjoying their eggnog and uh, our, our fans over in the Philippines are uh, catching this uh, at a good time. So. Absolutely. And I will, I will say also a uh, shout out uh, to uh, a couple other uh, countries that have uh, joined us the last couple of year, uh, weeks. Uh, Poland and Italy have also made the, the tally there. So still waiting on our German friends to join us. Uh, still not, not sure where, why they haven't joined us yet, but hopefully uh, pretty soon. Hey, you know, as, as long as we're being heard on the Baltic, that's a good thing. That's right. Exactly. As long as we've got my Irish brothers and sisters, I'm taken care of. So, um, well, thank you everyone for listening. It has been a, an incredible time here uh, on Roll Up. And we're looking forward to coming back at you next week uh, with our crossover episode with the Uncharted Territory fellas breaking down the Legends of Wrestling draft that... Um, our own Todd Gershaw was the commissioner for. Uh, also, uh, you know, give a shout out to all of the great creators and promoters that are posting things on the boards and doing unique and creative things. Um, I'm going to give myself a shameless plug. I'm getting ready to drop chapter two of my uh, Kings Road uh, 90s All Japan retrospective podcast uh, as a part of my uh, King of Pro Wrestling podcast. Uh, probably before you even listen to this it'll be out there and and available to listen to it's been a long time coming and i'm excited to kind of get that project restarted so uh chapter two will be available wherever you get your podcasts um you can follow me over at kopw72 on twitter i'm also tiger samurai on the boards uh, as most of you know um hit us up let us know what you think um feel free to give us your your criticisms and your hate mail as well as your praise we thrive on both um we keep talking about chris jericho so we'll just take it back to him like he said we're just looking for the airtime baby uh on that note i think we're gonna get out of here rob thank you so much once again we really appreciate you joining us and uh you are always welcome here on roll up thank you very much appreciate it
Yeah, I'll be buzzing for the rest of the night. Uh, All right, Todd, Mike, should we go home? Let's do it. All right. Take care, everybody. (laughs) 